You probably uh, keep it PG-13. I don't care. Hard R. <laughs> we, you can curse on this if you want. Oh, okay. You, yeah, you can. It is uncensored. Yeah, not like just, not like gratuitous. You know, just don't I'm not, say. I'm anything. not really known for my gratuitous <laughs> swearing. <Okay. but. laughs> the swearing librarian. Yes. yes. That's a new That's a- <laughs> I tell people just, you know, don't say anything that you wouldn't want recorded. Put it that way. Next season on right. TLC, The Swearing Librarian. No, that's a good name for a pub. I'd like to open up a yeah. pub that has books in between all the oh, tables. That's a great the swearing idea. Librarian. Yeah, that's good. And they're all Scottish books. <laughs> that's weird. Why? Why would they be Scottish books? Because they have mouths like truck drivers. Don't they? Welcome to the NEPA Scene Podcast. This is episode 30. We're coming to you from the Stude at 258 Studios in Scranton. I'm Rich Howells. I'm the founder and editor of NEPA Scene. I'm Lauren Carolico. I am the commercial and content strategist at Lavelle Strategy Group. And coincidentally, I am also 30 today or yesterday. Happy, <laughs> happy birthday. I'm 30 now. I'm 30 a day. I don't know. 30th episode, 30 years old. See, yep. wasn't it perfectly planned? Yes, that was pretty good. I'm Mark Dennebaum. I run 25.8. Studios. Studios. And productions. Productions. Other things. I just need more LLCs. Okay. Right. I don't know why we talked about that, Lauren. I was more excited about your birthday. Well, and I'm a little pissed off you missed last week. I'm very food. sorry about that. I really, really wish that I missed. I, that you really wish that you missed it? I wish I didn't miss it. But How much drinking did you do yesterday for your birthday? Not much. It's a shame. I'm supposed to live through you. Well, I know that somebody here can help you with those LLCs if you really needed to get some more information about that, because today we're talking to Jeremy and Leslie about libraries. Hello. 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 <laughs> you guys want to introduce yourself and say what you do? Sure. Um, my Don't name- feel weird either. Okay. All right. All right. Not at all. Not at um, all. <laughs> Don't let Mark make you feel weird. <laughs> Mark <laughs> makes me feel weird. It's because I'm wearing like and one pants. Where did nice. I get these? They might be Jimmy's girlfriends. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go back. Okay, That's go. all right. That's all right. Um, I'm Leslie Christensen. I'm at the user services librarian at Marywood University. And you're no one. <laughs> I, I am absolutely no one. Uh, I'm Jeremy McGinnis. I am the library director at Summit University. Where's Summit? Um, Clark's Summit. Used to be Baptist Bible College and Seminary. Name, oh, really? Yeah, name changed in April, so. Mm. Wait, they changed the Baptist Bible's name? Yeah. No yeah. way. Yep. Oh, my God, I went to so many soccer matches there. <laughs> no, they're not. They're still there, just different, different names. I just didn't know they changed the name. All right. Yeah. All right, keep moving. <laughs> Don't let me interrupt. Don't let me go crazy. <laughs> All right, since uh, since we didn't really do this segment last week, I guess we'll we'll try to get uh, through a whole bunch of these. We're gonna catch up on the website. Can oh. you bear yep. it, bear yep. with it, guys. Yeah. No. Well, actually, problem. we just have a we have a ton of new content, so I just wanted to make sure we promote it. Let's content it. Well, first of all, uh, we have a wonderful uh, promotional video for uh, NEPA Scenes Got Talent that uh, Mark put together for us at eight o'clock this morning. I saw yeah. that. <laughs> it's the Which, only it's the only time I found time. I was like, oh, I'll do this real quick. And then I'm like, I'm like uh, freaking out 
hitting up people going like, am I spelling these names right? Who's the judges? What's going on? And nobody was getting back to me because I didn't realize it was 8 a.m. <laughs> and I'm dealing with artists. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not up till 11. I was up till till 4 a.m. last night. So if you asked me any point up until then, I would have I think yeah, I think I hit you at nine and I'm like, are you awake? Yeah, no. And nothing. No, definitely not. Chirping. Oh. <laughs> so yeah, that was a template. <laughs> <laughs> That I augmented. That's all right. It turned out good. Hey, man, I saw it getting shared. That's all I care about. People come out tomorrow night. That's right. Which Uh, is tonight. Yes. According to the podcast schedule. Yep. It's uh, Tuesday at Thirsty's and Oliphant at 7 p.m. We start. uh, 12 amazing acts are uh, going to uh, perform and compete for the grand prize in front of a uh, uh, panel of local uh, celebrity judges. you can find out more and all about them uh, through the video and uh, on the website currently. Uh, let's see. Uh, speaking and me, of you and Lauren are hosting. Yes. We're going to give it hell. All of the the, the uh, Are you just finding this out host. right now? I thought you said that Rich and I are hosting and negated the you, but then I realized that I just misheard you because you slurred your syllables. So It's all the scotch. All three of us are hosting tomorrow night. Yes. yes. And I believe that there is a red carpet involved. There is. Yeah, it's going to be pretty fancy. Uh, I'm going to have uh, nice decorations and all that kind of stuff. So uh, dress, in, dress to the nines, if you will. And, or wear uh, whatever. Yeah, well, yeah, if you don't want to, that's cool. But, it's uh, socially you know, it's acceptable. An ex- it's an excuse to, to, to get dressed up. Uh, and speaking of, of uh, people that will be at Got Talent, uh, Grant Williams, who is uh, one of the, the finalists who will perform, uh, he's the former bassist for uh, Grace's Downfall. Uh, he did a video premiere with us uh, for Single Step, which is uh, his first uh, first song uh, for his new solo project. Um, he's planning a, a seven-song EP, so that's the uh, kind of the first track off of it. And uh, there's a, a cool, interesting story behind it. Um, so you can read more about that on, on the site. And uh, the video is very cool. Uh, shot by uh, Jesse Fats. And uh, it's, I plugged it. I threw it out there to the ethos. You did. You did. I appreciate that. It's a, it's a cool... Uh, it's a cool video. He does something really different with the bass. Uh, and, and, you know, like I said in the, the, the article, you know, there's so much focus on singers and guitarists and stuff like that that, you know, the bassists really don't get enough credit. So um, it's really cool what he's doing. So uh, check him out live uh, tonight and, uh, and then see him on the website. Uh, we're also premiered a song from uh, Ed Randazzo. Uh, it's a kind of a, bl- a bluesy song that's really cool uh, that he did with uh, Brett Alexander. It's called I Need a Woman. I love Brett. Yeah. And uh, their collaborations are just awesome. They do. They really work well together. So um, not to take away from Ed Randazzo, but as we speak right now, Jimmy Reynolds is uh, uh, at Holland Sound with uh, John Nasser and Brett Alexander doing a live from Holland Sound right now for an autumn sunrise Oh wow! That I can't wait to see. <laughs> that's a that's a lot of uh, really smart people in the room there. That'll be interesting. Mm. After seeing Jimmy's pants before he goes there, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he looked like somebody skinned a walleye. I'm talking. I'm talking smart as in their skills. Yes. Oh no, talented. Yes, talented room. Yes, very much. I don't so. know about Jimmy's shorts tonight though. <laughs> Well, that's our. Oh, and, and uh, speaking of Brett, um, it was announced the uh, Steamtown Music Awards are going to be se- September 17th at the V Spot. Uh, Brett Alexander is the uh, winner of the Lifetime Achievement Award this year, which no I think is no better person to give it to. Really great. You know, I mean, he, this, this guy, I mean, he was not only in the Badleys, uh, but now he has his own band uh, called Gentleman East. 
Uh, that's really great. And uh, he's done so much in terms of, uh, you know, mentoring other musicians, uh, so much at his studio, Saturation Acres. Uh, so many local bands have recorded their album there before. And just the stuff that he puts out on his own is is worth it. So his new nickname should be the Godfather of any PA musicians. Yeah, he really is. It's crazy, you know. And and uh, so it's totally fitting that he would get that. And then there's going to be uh, for for the other um, uh, people who are the finalists for the awards will be uh, announced on uh, July 22nd at an event that they're going to be hosting in Wilkes Barre. So uh, so lots of stuff going on there. Uh, Yardstock is this weekend, uh, which uh, we will be there. It's in Chicxini in the middle of nowhere, but uh, there's uh, 52 bands playing, which is, is, is incredible. That farm? Is that that farm one? Yeah, it's pretty much, yeah. It's kinda, I went to that last year. Did you? Yeah. Yeah? It was weird. It was weird? Well, it's not my cup of tea, Yeah, but I, I, I went and saw, um, oh my God, who's that great blues guy around here? Plays everywhere. Well, if it was blues, I don't think it was the same thing then. Oh, then I'm wrong. All right, Yardfest. Because <laughs> Yardstock's more for the... Yardstock? It's for the younger kids. Oh, then I'm totally wrong. It's for the, the, very, the very young kids. So uh, In a future episode, I'll let you know what I went to last year. Oh, please. <laughs> please do. <laughs> You're welcome. For those of you who care and give a damn. <laughs> so we, we have an interview with the, the people who organized that uh, coming out uh, within the next so day stupid. or two. I'm sorry. And uh, we're also streaming all 52 bands uh, that'll be, what that'll do you be mean? there. There, it, there. There are two posts on the site. And if you go to, there's day one and day two, and you click on them, you can stream music from any of those bands uh, right oh, there. Oh, you're not doing like a post. live stream from... No, no, no. Oh, nothing okay. like that. Just to, just to check them out beforehand. Because, you know, I feel like, um, you know, something like, it's, it, it has like a warp Tour feel, but it's more independent. And, uh, you know, I actually recognize some of the bands because so I'm be too there? old for the real warp Tour. Uh, so I don't recognize anyone that's playing anymore. What are you laughing at? <laughs> I'm right there with you. To be honest. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I haven't in years, you know, so uh, so I think this, this, is, this is cool because I actually not only recognize some of the bands, but you can go through and, and kind of pick out your favorites beforehand. Like, oh, I got to check out this band, you know, because they sound like this or that or that kind of thing. Did so. you ever find out if there's going to be a Yoohoo truck? I did not. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think they're going to have a Yoohoo truck. Uh, I know they'll, go. they'll have food trucks. I don't know if they're going to have a Yoohoo truck, though. I see. Uh, let's see. The uh, the and we we mentioned the NEPA blog con uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, they're also doing a uh, what they call Squirrel Girls Tech Camp uh, in July <laughs> at Lackawanna College. What is that? It is actually really cool. It's for uh, for young girls. Uh, I think uh, it's now I feel awful. Grades like two to four, I believe, and the Wait, two to four. Uh, grades like 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 four. I think it's it, it, like no, seven it's, to nine. I think it's like four to six. Oh, now I feel awful for laughing at that. Okay, so the young kids are, are they going to learn all about you know how how to use the internet, how to um, how to build websites, uh, you know how to uh, you know a lot of a lot of tech stuff like stuff that that you actually need in the future. That is uh, incredible. That they're probably not ever going to learn in school. And it's can, can I be devil's advocate on this one real quick? Mm-hmm. That makes me nervous. Why? <laughs> because when these girls hit like, you know, 18 or whatever, they're going to be leaps and bounds above anything where we're at. We're going to be we're going to be working for them. Don't you think? Could be. Does that make you nervous? Not really. <laughs> now I feel like I have a shelf life. You do have we all have a shelf life, Mark. We certainly do. Listen, I taught myself the internet. I wish 
I wish I had somebody to, there to hold my oh, hand to tell me not to go internet. to certain places and not to do certain, you know, click on buttons that would lead to viruses. Yeah. I didn't know when I was right. little. That's that, I, I think that's really again? important. Squirrel Girls Tech Camp. Tech Camp. Oh, it's so cool. That's <laughs> so a good happy. name. I I'm love so, squirrels. I'm so angry I laughed at that. Well, uh, it's a cute name. See, it's, the thing is, is, is NEPA BlogCon, their mascot is a squirrel. Oh, now I feel even so stupider. That's why. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that's why you shouldn't make fun of things before you understand them, you bully. I have a feeling the next the next period of time is just going to be me apologizing for things. So uh, in advance, <laughs> sorry. A complete retraction. <laughs> yeah. Mark apologizes for the following. For, for the entire have, podcast. I'm going to have to be redacted for the next God knows how long. All right, keep going before I start eating my shoe. Uh, let's see. We have uh, photos from the Scranton Zine Fest. Uh, we have photos coming out of uh, the Fuzz Fest over the weekend. And uh, we even have photos from the Mermaid Parade at uh, Coney Island. In hey. New York. Yeah. Hey, pretty, hey. Pretty cool. My cousin's there. I'm oh, yeah? excited about that. Yeah, she was Miss Coney Island 2013. Oh, that's awesome. I wonder, um, if, I wonder if she ended up in any of the pictures. Possible. Another thing I could never be. Miss Coney Island? 2013. Well, absolutely not, because that title's already taken. But you could try for Miss Coney Island. 2016? In September, yeah. All right, I'll try it. Uh, the Trouble with Callie, uh, the no! long-awaited, long-awaited Scranton premiere of... Uh, Did you get your tickets? Uh, no, but I will this week. I'm super excited. Because I don't know if you should be. <laughs> be well, I'm I'm excited because I love bad movies. I love B movies. I, I love yeah, making I, fun of movies. I don't think it's going to be one of those movies that at its core has a heart of gold. No, uh, yeah, no, I not at all. I just I like seeing like things that are just so bad that they're good, and I think that's going to be one of those one films. Of I think so. I, think I don't think it's going to be one of those. I think it's going to be like, like the room, where I, it's just like it's just so. I think the room bad. is going to look like the English Patient compared to this movie. <laughs> I hate. The room, I find it not funny. The Tommy Wiseau thing. Yeah, I, I think, don't. I think you need to be. I don't uncertain. think I'm not. That's. I don't find it funny. It's not. It's not. It's terrible. You know, it's like, do you know what it's like? It's like. Remember when Will Ferrell was like first came out and there was like Anchorman and like all that stuff and everybody's like, I oh, this is so funny. I didn't like Anchorman either. But here's it's funny when you talk about it amongst your friends. It's not funny when you're watching it. It's tunny. It's tunny. <laughs> it's tunny. Today I went to the park. <laughs> It's t- it's funny. I'm seeing it again. It's funny when you talk about it with your friends. Wit. Wit. What is Wit. wrong with my mouth today? I don't think we have people here who have dictionaries for product. <laughs> <laughs> what was that sentence? I don't know. I don't know. I've been up since seven. I don't know. I don't even know why. <laughs> don't laugh. It's early for me. A.M. I've been up since seven a.m. So if you want to see this train wreck in action, it'll be. Let's uh, not call it. Here's, okay, oh, it two, totally is. But let's not let's not do that yet. I have a feeling. I've well, it, it's at the cultural center, right? What's after, the after you just got done saying it was bad. That, but but here's the thing. <laughs> Talking about that movie made my mouth mush. It's at the cultural center, right? Yep. Do you know the dates? July 9th through eleventh. It is a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I believe. Is there matinees? Uh, or is it just one showing per night? I think it's just one per night, I believe. So my fear is, is after the first night, the screen's going to be destroyed. <laughs> and I don't know if anyone's going to be able to see the next two nights, but... Yeah. Well, they are said you, Are they, you going to go? Can you get me a ticket? Yeah, sure. I'll, go, I'll get you one. They said that they're selling concessions. I think they should sell Rotten Tomatoes, too. No. I just don't think they want to clean that up. I think they should, I think they should sell, um, uh, like, stuffed tomatoes, i.e., like, like, like a Furby. Yeah. Yeah, like a plush tomato. Mm. 
Furbies got hard plastic in them, though. That might not be All right, the best one example. of those, like, koosh balls. They should sell, like, koosh balls okay. that we could throw. That's a good idea. Yeah. That's fine. I, I still don't. Or a gong. Like, everybody gets a gong. Okay. You wouldn't hear anything. <laughs> yeah. Be- the whole thing would just sound like Chinese New do Year. Do you really think it's going to be like that? Cause I, I do. I don't yeah. actually, I don't, I wasn't here when this happened. I don't, I don't understand. We should do a riff track to it if we can get the, a copy of it. I'd happily pay 20 bucks for a DVD copy of it. Well, that's the, that's the thing is I just want to sit there and make fun of it the whole time. That's the only I reason want I want to see it. I want to go in, I I want to go see it and I want to go see it with with open And here's the thing, maybe the podcast after we can talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Okay. So July 11th through the 13th? July 11th through the 13th. Uh, 9th through 9th through, through the 11th. Okay. Yes. All right. <laughs> what else? <laughs> Uh, that's it for now. We'll we'll talk about uh some some other stuff in the last word. But uh, Lauren is so excited right now that you, you guys have are no here. idea. La- Lauren, let's get into it. It's like her birthday twice this <laughs> week. It's my birthday all month. I don't care. Oh, you're that girl. It's June. Everybody born in June gets to celebrate all month. My mom's birthday is Wednesday. There, well, she gets to celebrate all month. You should tell her. You should tell her. I'm afraid of her. My son's birthday actually was uh, the 16th. So, how old's your son? He's turned one. Oh, no way. Happy Father's Day. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Diapers yet? Or oh. like, no, pod, forget <laughs> it. I don't have any kids that I know of, knock on wood. All diapers, yeah. yeah. <laughs> diapers yet. <laughs> He's, uh, he just came out wherever we've he wanted. We've been free-ranging him, yeah. 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 <laughs> diapers are the next step. We got him a wee-wee pad for the <laughs> shih tzu that he's <laughs> learning how to use. I'm so sorry. I can't believe I said that. I don't know what's wrong with me today. Lauren, continue. Okay. Libraries. This is something that everybody finds either scary or boring, and nobody cares about the library. When mm-hmm. I first moved here, I told you this story. When I first moved here, I, was, I tried to go to the library, and I expected to be able to sit there for a, a couple of hours and just do some work. and Library? I, I expected to library. <laughs> right. And I was kicked out at two, and I was shocked that they wow. were closing so early on, it was a weekday weekday it was a weekday wow. and i looked at it and it was like that just that one day they closed early the rest of the week they were open till five which i found unusual mm-hmm. also and i think saturday they had extended hours so i realized that it was a problem mm-hmm. for me to find a library that i could go to around here and then eventually i just kind of got out of the habit of going to libraries right because i couldn't find one that was open till nine <laughs> yeah yeah and, and when you can go to a bookstore and sort of sit and, and kind of, right. you know, have a cup of coffee, that type of thing, but and make that bookstore your third place. That's but not... We want the library to be Anywhere your third near place. what a library provides you, nor a librarian. And there's right. a reason why librarians go to school for a million and a half years. <laughs> so I would like to talk about this and share this information with everybody. Is this going to be all about you or them? <laughs> <laughs> Continue. So that's that's the prem, that's the predicate for why I really wanted to talk to actual librarians because it's really it's unless you're actually booking time with a librarian about a problem, you don't really get to talk to librarians about libraries. Sure, sure. So let's start off with uh, an easy breaking in. Like yeah, what's <laughs> getting started with tell the us, library? How do you tell break us... into the library? <laughs> hmm. Well, what, what made you want to be a librarian? Uh, well, I definitely. Uh, I like helping people. That's one thing. I also, um, I hate when I don't know where to find the answer to something. These used to drive me crazy. You know, I'd have a question and I'm like, how do I figure this out? So that, you know, I, 
I want to figure things out. I want to find the answers to things. And so now I can help other people do that too. And it also gives you the opportunity to learn, you know, about all different kinds of things. People come up and ask you some of the craziest questions and, <laughs> you know, or they tell you a lot of, a lot of times they tell you really personal stuff. You build relationships with these people and, you know, you are helping them with, if they have a question about a health issue or, you know, they're really, in my case, I'm an academic librarian. So um, if they're really stressed out about, you know, a paper and can't, there's nothing on this topic, you know, we hear that all the time. And it's, How many students you know, come in sweating bullets? Oh, all the time. Yeah, <laughs> they're and they they're freaking out, and they and then they think you are a goddess because you found a couple articles and a couple books for them. They think you're the you know, like like you things came down from the sky and landed <laughs> in front of them. So it's just it's it's a great it's kind of a great feeling, you know. So, but um. Yeah, uh, that's basically, I like being able to find the answers to things. And I like to, you know, challenge, um, uh, you know, just ideas, like look at, uh, you know, um, like a counterpoint to things and open my mind to to different ideas. So how about you? That was brilliant. No, (laughs) what she said. Yeah, it's, it's very much that there's a lot of there's a lot of freedom, especially in the academic uh, sphere, to, to play around with ideas, to hang out with students, to be able to have these conversations and dialogue um, with them about the stuff they're learning, and then how that, and then how the library can support and and, and grow that. Um, man, yeah, <laughs> all the yeah, absolutely. Just it really, it, the library should be about people. If yeah. it, if it's not about people then it's it's probably not doing its job and it's really about the people coming in and not the library it's about if it's about the librarians then it's missing the point it really mm-hmm. should be about the people coming in and and at least i like to say and, and for, for my library removing barriers so less barriers as possible to getting so how you design your website how you set up your your stacks all that should be getting people to help assist them in the information they they want and i and just talking about you know get introducing people to libraries. And I think that there's sort of a stereotypical idea of what the library is, what librarians are, and that we're there to shut them up. And, uh, you know, we want them (laughs) to be not all the lady from the beginning of Ghostbusters. Right. Right. Like we, we, um, well, what is the stereotype? It, it, the stereotype is that first of all, the library is is a storehouse of information. We hold on to that information tight, and you can kind of have access to it. If you but ask we're, nicely. you know, yes, if you ask we nicely, might let you peek. yes, yeah. and that when you're in there, it needs to be quiet, and you need to focus on just what you're you're looking at, and not speak to anyone else. Well, that is that's not the library anymore. The library is a community center. The library is where conversation is made. It's, you know, that used to be like content was king and that's not, it's conversation is king now. And that's what we want. We, the library is there to facilitate conversation and really get people, um, communicating, participating in their, in their community, you know, opportunities to be exposed to different things. If they have art, um, in the library, they have music in the library. They have, especially here in Lackawanna County, they have so many opportunities for uh, people to show their art, 
play their music. There's um, a Socrates Cafe downtown where people can come and talk about, you know, philosophical issues that you just throw a question up on a chalkboard. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Anybody can come. You can throw a question up on the chalkboard and everyone sitting around decides what to talk about. It could be, is there a God? Uh, You know, anything, any question you might have. is there? And and do you want to turn this into a salon? No, 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 We could have a salon if you want. I don't know. I I don't want to go to a salon. I don't know what that means. Continue. (laughs) So you have that, but you also have things like maker spaces. And I don't know if you've talked about that or have learned a little bit. No? No, what is that? Uh, Okay. So the maker space movement is uh, this whole idea that, again, you're facilitating ideas in the library. So now we're bringing not just ideas, we're bringing tools and materials into the library. We're bringing 3D printers into the library. And it's an opportunity for people to sort of, if you're a member of the community with an expertise in something, you can come in and show other people in the library what you're doing and or how you do it. You know, if that's your expertise, you can... Uh, uh, tinker around with the material that's there. They have these maker spaces for both children as well as adults. They have things like, I know at Lackawanna, they've had uh, winemaking classes, beer making. Yeah. They've had, um, you know, how to uh, work woodworking. So they have all these different opportunities to sort of expand, um, just sort of, you know, uh, on just different things that you're interested in. So it's a, you can jump into that, but uh, what were you thinking in terms of what well, you can do in a library? We, we use the the phrase library as platform, mm-hmm. right? And so the goal at the library reflects the desires or the interests of the community. So like even Abington has like a teen theater, like group that they're doing. Um, and if you walk in, right, you walk into Abington, walk into Scranton, but, um, there's, there's, Hey, these 25 things are going on, right? pick your interest and sign up for them so that we think of libraries as places for resources of books. The the goal has been to expand that out so that you have resources and the people around you as kind of a connecting point Mm -hmm. for people who are also interested in winemaking, people also interested in beer making, have a little more expertise than you, but basically working off the same home tools. So it's not like they're coming from a ridiculously unattainable spot, but um, can kind of, you know, kind of sort of a joint meeting place. Now, is that <clears throat> frog in my throat? Is that something that's like decided upon like this month, this this quarter, this you know, this season, or is that something like, hey, we just have stuff going on all the time. We just gotta be here to find out what it is, or you know, we'll announce what it is. So if somebody's gonna do like winemaking or beer making or something like that, well, maybe they're gonna do it for September, but the play is gonna run from, you know, August to October. You know, stuff like that. Like there's all these things like concurrently going on or is that? Typically, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So you you grab a library calendar, you hop on the website and that information is typically there, you know. Yep. We have to uh, check. You just got to go on the website. They also, um, at the public library at Lackawanna, you can get um, an email every month of what's oh, yeah. going on. They'll send that to you. Uh, so if you're just interested, they they send you uh what's going on and you can jump in and they're always looking for people that have, you know, Hey, if you, you've background is in broadcasting or whatever, and people might want to learn about it and you could go and just talk about it. No Anybody's always, me. <laughs> you well, can call them I mean, yeah. on, like podcasting. I'm sure that I, I have oh. no doubt people are like, Oh yeah. 
they want to learn about it. Sure. Wait, do we know how to do this? <laughs> Everyone has a talent, so share your talents. All right, make sure you have like four or five microphones hooked up. <laughs> make sure everything's compressed and leveled at the end, and you just kind of hit export. Did that work? <laughs> Lauren just gave me this look like... Yes, that's how I teach, Lauren. So... <laughs> Non sequitur. There's a bunch of different types of libraries that the community has available to them, but I, I don't think that in general you really know if you're walking into what kind of library, what you can expect. So, what can the average citizen expect from an academic library versus a community library versus any other? What are the types of libraries that we have here? Sure, sure. Um, well, we have public and academic libraries here. Uh, what's wonderful too about in Lackawanna County is that um, if you're a county resident, most academic libraries allow you to have a card uh, at that library. So um, for example, Marywood as well as Keystone, very strong art programs. So if you're interested in the arts, it's a great place to get another card. So if you have your Lackawanna County card, you can go there and they're open to the public. Um, uh, most academic libraries will allow you to use the computers and the databases while you're there. Um, so you have access to uh, scholarly articles um, and our scholarly databases. And I'll talk about that just for a minute. In the academic library, you're going to have more access to scholarly collections, peer-reviewed articles. Those are things that are... Um, uh, the most recent, uh, well, you can get uh, archived, but uh, there, if you're looking for the most recent research on a topic that's been peer reviewed, which means that it's been looked at by other scholars in the field and it is looked at as truth and as a, a valuable resource and that can be used to further more research. That's, you're going to get that at your academic library as well as other, we have casual reading there for the students and just some general knowledge stuff. Uh, so um, so there's uh, a breadth of material at the academic library, but at the public library, you're going to have access to more probably leisure reading stuff, uh, maybe even more manuals. If you work on your, uh, say you work on your car by yourself, they're probably going to have um, your some car manuals there or a database that has that. Um, they will have um, probably databases that are... Um, uh, business databases that are, are geared more towards the average person that is just interested in learning more about uh, stocks and, and that type of thing, how to do some investing um, and how to follow um uh, you know, the stock market. So that's the, it's, it's really the public library um, has a broad range, but it's an opportunity where anybody can walk in there. If you're, if you don't even speak English as your first language, you can walk in there and there's material either online or in print that you can have access to. So both, both, it, depending on what you're going for and what you're interested in. I will say Everhart has a little collection too. So there are things that we do have a museum, a small museum collection here, but in larger cities, you're looking at, there might be a law library. Mm -hmm. There might be a museum library. There's all different kinds of libraries that, uh, that exist out there with different, basically different um, purposes. So anyway, do you want to add anything? Did I miss uh, anything? I was going to say that if you think of public libraries as reflecting your public sort of 
usage. So an academic library is in fact more of a specialized off of the uh, degrees or the research focuses of the um, faculty and students. And that's maybe another way of, of thinking about that, uh, simply that there's a more specialization for the academic and a possibly broader mm-hmm. for the public just to try to cover as many bases for the public library um, as possible with with probably a, a, as you said, a greater push mm-hmm. towards, you know, there's entertainment, I, I suppose, but at the same time, you get, I mean, you get awesome foreign language films in the library that you can't get from. Absolutely. So. And and the thing too is that librarians, like the one of the reasons we go to school is that we actually look at um, what is being used in the library. We take a look at that data and that's how we make our decisions in terms of uh, building our collections, what what stays, what goes, what needs to be, you know, expanded upon. And it's really, um, you know, there's different areas, for example, a teen librarian, that's somebody that really has to be in tune to what, you know, teens are looking at and what what they want to access like manga first when, mm-hmm. I, when I first started oh, working in libraries crazy if you yeah, talk about manga the, it's like everybody was collecting manga zines <laughs> yep. very yeah. independent zines are very Why? big now as well and you know it really um it's like being a curator for a museum it's like th- that idea of really sort of pinpointing what's um what's what's really happening out there in that in your population so you know you really need to know your population know what their needs are um and sort of have have a uh sort of a a scan that population to know what you need to collect so i mean is there is there like a supply and demand when it comes to that if you know if if one of the teens is like you know hey you need to get some neil gaiman Absolutely. And you're like, yes. what is that? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Do you go look and then and then oh. figure out like all the stuff that is uh, related to that? Oh, absolutely. Yep. If that's if that's something that's that someone's interested in and and that's everybody needs to know that. They can walk in and say, "I want you to purchase this book." And if it falls into the collection development policy, they're going to purchase it. I mean, if they have the money and you want that book, the library is going to get it, you know, and if it's, you know, appropriate for what, for, for the, for the community. So don't ever hesitate. Like that's, um, you know, it's your library, you know, use it, you know, be a part of it, uh, be part of building that collection, but absolutely Neil Gaiman. I mean, come on, if you don't know that you should be fired. Of course. They're making that a movie. They're making Sandman a movie. There's some authors that they actually, that are are canonic in library school, isn't it? Oh yeah. That's going to, be uh yeah sorry. sorry we totally talked over you <laughs> no no it's fine it, it, it was a poor joke i hope anyway. you know you're just arm candy <laughs> yeah no i, I, I figured <laughs> like to be smart and attractive no yeah no just a goatee yeah. you're, just a, you're just a really well quaffed <laughs> indi- individual who's very smart <laughs> thank you yeah yeah mm-hmm. i don't know how to give compliments no, it's or fine. receive them no you're doing well so we're doing all right yeah yeah nice shorts library burn (laughs) i want to know what you when you think of librarians what do you think of i think we're all gonna i think the three of us will have different answers okay let's hear it do you want lauren to go first or do you want me to go i think lauren to go last actually probably because she's the academic here the scholarly one when i give you compliments i'm not doing anything stop looking at me like i didn't give you a compliment i'm not (laughs) When I say something nice about you, you have that "how dare you" look I, in your how eyes. How am I? I okay. What do you? Maybe think? it's just how you look at me. Did like, you? Ever, like, uh, yeah. I think 
all I can think of with libraries is um, the one on the corner of what's it, Vine in North Washington. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember it looked cool in there, and I remember I was fascinated by microfiche ah. or microfilm. Yes, I thought that was you were awesome. fascinated by it. I was fat. I was like, look at all this information on this small yeah. thing, and then the internet happened. It, exactly, well, they thought that was going to be the answer. They were absolutely convinced that that was going to microfilm be. or the internet. Microfilm. They, they. I thought it was so cool. Oh, it is. It's absolutely cool. It's a pain in the butt to use, but it is. Mm-hmm. Is it's, it really? It's really? No, it's horrendous. I remember trying to having to put it in the machines, and I'm like, I don't get this. I was like eight, but <laughs> what do I know? I st- wait. I might still have some books checked out. <laughs> is that going to come back? It's going to come back to haunt you for is sure. Really? I think it was like, you know what? It was like a. I was really big into choose your own adventure books. Oh, of course. Yeah. Absolutely. yeah. absolutely. If you want to do this, turn to page four. Why don't you let me know how long it's been? I'll calculate your fine for you and we'll see. It's, My- it's, it's got, <laughs> there's a lot of zeros there. You do have these stories that show up in the news at like 40 years, 45 years, man in major city finds book, returns it. It's, it pops up periodically. Goes to jail. You can just wait another, 30, <laughs> wait another 30 years and you're good to go. No, I think, I think, I think, um, I might fall under the, the, the personality of being like, why would I go to the library when I have the internet? Mm-hmm. And, sure. and that is pretty, probably really ignorant and naive thinking on my part because Lauren read me the riot act the other day. <laughs> I see. I think about the library. <laughs> Right. When you said before content is king, right? There was a, there is a shift, right? When the internet shows up and links us out to all this, this information so quickly, right? Where before you, you went, we went to physical places, right? To get stuff. And the internet then allows that sort of, where you'd go to a physical place from, to purchase even an item, book, right? Um, even food. Uh, now we don't have to do that, right? A couple keystrokes and you have this information at your fingertips so much so that it, it's, frankly, overwhelming. What the benefit of the library is, you kind of know what you're looking for, right? If you kind of have a, a sense of maybe a place to start, the library is that way in, right? Uh, for the public, right, is, there's these both classes and resources, right? And so as Leslie was saying, right, if they don't have it, we can get it for you. If, if you buy it or interlibrary loan, we will we will get it for you. There, that's very very rare. We can't, mm-hmm. um, and it's frankly like you get these interlibrary loan requests. Hey, can you get this article for me? Can you get this book? I'm like, yes. Like that's like <laughs> I get up in the morning and get these things. Um, and, oh and yeah, you it, don't it, get it. Gets it. You out of bed like it's yeah. like I'm getting a book today. No, but like so it's really that's the thing though. I, well, now with the internet, the, the, you can see more that's out there. You can see that article that's written in Japanese that's only in one library somewhere. Everybody can see that abstract. You know, everybody can see that citation somewhere. They got it because some weird like article had it in there. That one right. thing. I actually had to order a um, thesis from England, University of Nottingham, because that was the only copy of it. And you don't know how exciting it is when you can figure out where, and the citation was wrong. I had to figure out the citation because that was screwed up, the, the one that was given to me, then locate where it was, get in touch with the people. They told me not everything's electronic, by the way. They don't have an electronic copy because they had to get permission there from the author, the author to make yeah. it electronic. The author wouldn't let him do it. So they actually oh, sent really? me. Yeah. 
The author was like, no, which is another thing that's really odd because if it, if you let your, your work gets digitized, more people can see it. I mean, if you're going to do research, you know, let people, you know, learn from your research. But, um, so I got, I, I, that Jeremy, that was the greatest thing in the world to have this book from this thesis from London show or from England show up at my library. It was great. So, I mean, maybe if, maybe if I can expound upon before we move to what Rich's idea of a library is, is that I, <laughs> is that I think that, um, there's that it used to be, it used to be the, the, the hub of information, right? It used to be the place that you go to. It was the internet before the internet, mm -hmm. but the internet before the internet had, um, familial feelings to it. It had, you know, you get to, you get to, you know, everybody that works there, you get to meet and you're like, Oh, like, you know, a person X is really good with like, you know, the, the, the dark ages. And then right, that right. other person is really good with anything tech. And, you know, you get to start to meet and then you can, you know, I think you can grow, more as a human being because i think that's what's lacking is like we don't talk anymore absolutely yes you know so maybe that's my two senses i'm lazy and i really wish i could do <laughs> <laughs> what i did when i was eight yeah. not take books out yes yeah, steal and books. not return them <laughs> but just the feeling of being like there's something weird about like just there's something very comfortable about being at a library sure i don't know why one thing i do want to say in terms of that now everything's on the internet uh, but you are being not everything. Yeah. You know, but that idea that everything's on the internet, but you know, so many things are being fed to you through an algorithm. Yeah. Plus it's also, um, you know, what, uh, you're, you're being tracked, what you're looking at, um, what your interests are. So what you're being fed is really, um, not, not it's, the whole picture. It's, a de it's, it's definitely, um, a, there's a bias there, yeah. you know, of what you're being fed. And so that's something to keep in mind. You're being sort of manipulated a bit. So you, that, you, that's something that a library can, librarian can help you go beyond that. Well, I mean, so, that, that's how they used to profile people. Remember Seven? Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's how they found out yeah, who, who, who could who be John was. Doe was, you know, who wrote these books. You know, and they and the FBI guy showed up saying, "Here's kind of who's on our list of who checked out these certain books." Yeah, and the library wasn't supposed to give it to him, but he kind of did. <laughs> well, know, it's a the, film. Yeah, I know. Well, <laughs> but you know, he was able to do it. Which, I'm sure it I'm happened. Sure, I'm sure that could happen in real life. Yes. So what's what's what sorry, do you do think? Do to go back for a second. Sorry, back to the algorithm Don't cut thing. Me off, pretty. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's a there's a dude down at University of Virginia, uh, Siva Vadhyanathan, who wrote a book on Google that I'm God, you're blanking so on the title right now. But one of the things the points he makes in this book is that. Google is designed for shopping, right? It's designed to return results to you to get back what you want. And so it's not only the personalization of the algorithm, but there's also that um, it wants you to be successful. It wants you to find what you're looking for. And re that's not necessarily how research or information really works. And again, the internet and libraries are not antithetical. They're not either or. It is a both and. Um, right? There's a whole, There are thousands and thousands of eBooks, right? So you could never leave your house and go to the web library website, download the ebook or audiobooks too. They have a, there's a fantastic collection, especially in this area, has an um, awesome collection of audiobooks yep. and ebooks that <laughs> we'll get to why later. <laughs> uh, fair enough. Um, <laughs> don't do that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Did I just throw you off totally? Yeah, no, there's nothing. I'm left. so sorry. I'm no, so sorry. It's good. Uh, but yeah, I mean, so that we the libraries continue to try to figure out how to leverage 
both, right? We're trying to do a both and both come in physically, get what you need, mm-hmm. but also how do we use the internet? Well, also there's no agenda with what you do. Oh no, like, sure there so is. So when you t- no, 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 but what I'm saying like when you think about Google and it's about like we want it's it's about shopping. It's about we want you to find stuff like you might not necessarily go like this is the hot book at the moment. Like this is the one that would would, you know, it was written 200 years ago. Like this will really help for what you want to do, right? Yeah. Dude, it's okay to tell me that I'm wrong. There's a it little bit there's often. a little there's a little bit of both. We're trying, I guess you use the word curate, right? We're you know, for academics, we're trying to find the stuff, the best stuff for that discipline. Right. Public right. libraries a little bit more of a wider net where, hey, the bestseller list, look at bestseller list, New York Times, all these guys, we're we have much less excited exciting reading sometimes <laughs> uh, for that. Um but to Again, you, 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 if you're, I think if you're doing a good job as a librarian, you're looking at your community and you're saying, okay, what are the community needs? And then you said it before, how, what are the things that link off that? So if you like gaming, what are the things that link off that? Right. So you, and kind of do these little constellations of, you know, subjects and books, authors, whatever around these things to kind of, so people come in and go, I like gaming. Oh, have you looked at this? I had somebody walked into the library today, even the academic librarian uh, that's walked in. So I read, I just read Catching Fire. What else do you guys have? And we have a small- Mocking Jay. Well, yeah, she, she was working through this in the trilogy. <laughs> Good job. Nice. I watched movies. <laughs> but you have that opportunity to say, people say, I like this. You go, oh, have, what about this, this, and this? And then they say, I don't like any of those. And then you're like, well, okay, well, Got work with me on something here. See, because I don't because I don't think if you go on like Amazon and like let's say you were gonna look up Catching Fire and they do like, oh, here's other things people bought. Yes. It might not be in the vein of what well a lot of times they're looking for. You know, for for that, especially like if you're looking at Amazon or something like that, they're probably gonna push you towards young adult things and, and novels and things like that that are basically just ripoffs of that idea. Like this author said, Oh, this was successful, I'm gonna write twenty of those and yeah, try to you- make try to make a buck. But you know, what they should be saying is, you know, maybe you should pick up nineteen eighty four. You just know, maybe you should that. pick up uh, the books that obviously were a huge influence on that and this is just the modern generation's version of you know those classic sci-fi books that I grew up with that many generations before that grew up with my dad grew up with that you know well, those I mean, kind I, of things I, I, uh, Fahrenheit 451 you know those types of books absolutely I think, right I think, the, the themes are the same exactly. it's just you know let's jazz it up let's throw this theme in here let's throw a love story well, but just, at the end of the day it's it's a lot of it's saying the same message right you're not going to get that from Amazon you know exactly, like, well, it's, exactly. It's, the other, it's the other thing too like if, you, if there's, there's this film out called Called Sound City. It's about it's about this recording studio in, in Los Angeles that recorded some of the biggest bands in the seventies, eighties, and nineties. And one of them, I think it's I think it's actually the drummer, or the bass player from Rage Against the Machine. And I think everyone can agree, like Rage Against the Machine, like it's heavy. I mean, it's not like heavy, but it's it's heavy music. But he said, because one of the questions was asked, like you know, what are your influences? He's like, you find okay, I like this person, I like this band. Who did they like? And yeah. who did oh, they like? Yes. And who did they like? Yep. And who did they like? And track it all the way back to you can find like the, the heart and the soul of like where this came from. That's that's a research cycle right there. Yes. That's exactly how you do you research. Yeah, if which you find an is, article. Which I don't think you can do on the internet as well. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. You know. Well, sure, had, sure you can. Absolutely. Well, it, in terms but it's of, but it's both. I mean, right. you're trying what I think you're gonna is you're using all the tools, right? So if you that's use just there's the library and the internet are tools and you use them together. So no one is greater than the other. It's the sum of its parts are what make you perfectly rounded. If you're, if you're trying to, as if you're really trying to look at something from a, a whole perspective, right. And one of the problems with Amazon and Google is this commodification, right? Um, God, you're so smart. Nah, this, <laughs> I just, so just the thing, just the thing about this, library, even, even the shift, um, there's a shift 
and talking about library and users from from library from from we used to call them patrons, right? Almost this idea of you know page like a patron of the arts, right? So you, that you support by your your finances, your presence. Um, we kind of moved away from that towards users, and we also moved away that sometimes toward customers, which is deeply problematic because you talk about customer service. Right? We know what we mean by customer service, but customer service is kind of a problem because that means they're customers. And if they're customers, then that changes how we see them. And that even changes our relationship to them, um, particularly in the academic library. So if students become customers, that is at least, I think that is extremely problematic because that- Is that because it becomes sell? It becomes sell. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and it changes the relationship between me and you, between myself and the, and the student where it's not necessarily about the process. You have to work through this, but it's, I've paid for something. I want it. And so- so instead of instead of you helping somebody along on their journey, it's like you should buy that. Yeah, I mean, is that, yeah. Is that, or, or but is that, that the preconceived notion, or, or that they've that... they've purchased a diploma and I'm I'm getting in their way of asking their questions, not just giving them the information, right? So I want to oh. learn the process. But since if they're if you're a customer, right, um, at least more again, we say customer service because we use the term we understand how we're supposed to interact with people, right? Um, well, I, what, one thing I do want to mention, though, talk, you've been talking about tools, and that's a really good point, is that traditionally li- librarians have been interested, in, they call it um, information literacy, and now we're moving, we are moving away from that to something now called digital literacy, because it is about the tools. It's, it's not just about the content, but it's about the tools. So so librarians are in the business of not only providing some content, talking about how to use this content and, and, and manipulate it and put it together in different ways, but then you also need the tools on top of that um, to, to be able to work with that content. And so that's digital literacy. So you're talking about the internet and you're talking about you know, being able to make videos for a class or, or um, you know, record something, photographs, collage, online, different online things. So, you know, again, we're going back to the using, adding and taking content from all these different tools. So, I, you know, and I'm sure you can help people, too. There's there's a lot of bad information on the Internet, just plain bad information. There's a lot of bad information in books, too, frankly. <laughs> sure. And I'm, I'm sure there is, you know, but it's, it's, you know, like having to sort through it, you know, having to figure out what well, what is good information and what isn't, you know, uh, your average person might not know that, you know, they mm-hmm. might go in, especially if it's something that they're trying to learn about, you know, that they're being introduced to for the first time through, you know, academia or whatever, you know, they, they have have no idea whether this is truth or not, you know? So, I mean, how, how do you help somebody differentiate, you know, what, what is the good information? What is the bad information? Well, do you want to, well, that's one of the things that is, we talk about and we teach a lot in the academic uh, environment. Uh, It's authority. You look at uh, the, who created the information. Uh, So that's one thing that we look at currency, how current, uh, there's all these different things the uh is it what's the uh, acronym there are for any it? Number of acronyms for this. Um, <laughs> Authority, um, accuracy, um, currency. Cur- I said that. Um, currency relevance, authority, accuracy. What's the P? I is it purpose? Prevalence? No, I can't think of what it is. But nope. that is one thing that we uh, we. Uh, talk to the students about and uh, the academic world. Now it's going to bother me. What's the P? That's what I always forget. Yeah. <laughs> It'll come to you like an hour later. Yeah. Oh, totally. But yeah, that is really important because um, uh, bias is one of the biggest uh 
biggest issues is uh, if it's a .com, there may be an issue, but if it's a .edu, there still may be an issue, um, sure. but uh, or .gov, you know, depending on where it comes from. So we have them look at where's where's this information coming from, and then you have to look at uh, uh, who that organization, especially if it's a just a, a .org, who do they associate themselves with? What What's the goal of the organization? So you need to look at uh, the bias, uh, definitely, when you're um, pull, getting uh, information and um, putting together your research. So that's definitely a big issue. And, and again, when you're not um, experienced with sort of navigating through all of this, uh, you, a lot of times you're getting that first, that first page for your first list of Google results is what you're going to stick with. And that's kind of, we need to get past that a little bit. So we help them do that. Especially, you know, like we said before, uh, a lot of people don't understand that uh, Google is different for every person. If I Google something and she Googles something, you're going to get totally different results based on, on, especially if you're logged into an account of some sort. A lot of people have Gmail or, you know, other Google products. And when you are, then they're going to change the algorithms to whatever your interests are and things like that, which, you know, takes away from, you know, those, those things where uh, you're kind of trapped in a bubble where, you know, it's all the information that, uh, you know, they think is relevant to you. And then anything outside of that is just kind of left out, you know, or left on the sideline. Cause I mean, how many pages in do people really go anyway? You know, right, even, right. If, even if all the information was there, you know, will they, will they delve in that far, you know? Absolutely. When I was still teaching, my one of my first assignments was Google this word and print out the page that you get and bring that in with you so we can compare. Is that the I'm feeling lucky one? (laughs) No, just Google a term. And it would be I would give everybody a single term, whatever that was that day, whether it was Justin Bieber. Surreptitiously? No, it would be something more ubiquitous. Ukraine? Yeah, like Ukraine. Right. And I would see like how many people would get news on the top, how many people would get photos on the top, how many people would have videos on the top. Some people would have certain sites pop up like Reddit would be on the top for some reason. You kind of get an idea of what their search habits were based on what websites showed up first. Oh, is that how that works? Absolutely. (gasps) Google is tracking you. It's Skynet. (laughs) So, uh, Rich. Yes. What, what you did you learn? what do you think of uh, what did you think of librarians and libraries? I'm a nerd. I love libraries. <laughs> Are you kidding me? No, I I, um, I used to beat up the librarian and take a lunch money. <laughs> no, I actually I, I used to date a librarian, so I actually do like librarians. Really? I did. Yeah, years ago. I, I gotta tell you, I'm not gonna tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Because you're gonna insult them? No, I just don't want to be that guy. Okay. That's fair. Because it, it was something it was it's something a comedian could say, but I'm not funny. So Oh, so you're not gonna deliver it right then? Nope. Oh, all right, fair enough. Continue. <laughs> no, I've always uh yeah, I, I've always liked libraries. Um, you know, I, I certainly, you know, I'm guilty uh, like many people, I just don't use them enough or but I always um uh, I always kind of identified with them because for years, uh, you know, when I worked in in retail, a lot of times I worked in a, in a, in a blockbuster for a number of years, and uh, you know that that human interaction that you guys were talking about that was you know something that you've kind of seen die in the the movie industry, and that it, it sucks to see that because now it's all. Uh, you know, move to the internet and everything like that. And people are very highly opinionated on there and everything. And, you know, I think uh, to an extent, uh, you know, I, I enjoyed that, you know, there were plenty of people that were, you know, just 
idiots who you know came in and just they, they they wanted whatever was hot and they just didn't care what your opinion was but you know you made a lot of relationships <laughs> with people who actually were you know really wanted to know what is a good movie and what is not a good movie and and because you know we were there and we got all these free rentals we would watch all movies all the time so we five were just free like, yeah five, five free, free ones and yeah. we would we would rent all five not all not you know, we wouldn't get to watch them all every week but you know we tried as much as we could that was the best all, job i ever had we we're all nerds about it and yeah we just uh, we loved it and, but you know uh, what? In a, in a weird way, you're cataloging, you're recommending. You know, right. But exactly. Film, film is Absolutely. history just as much as a book. That was my education. Maybe not as much as a book is, but like. Right, right. It's Absolutely. pretty up there. That was my education when it came to film. You know, like I learned a lot about film just by seeing so many films, you know, and then, you know, delving in all the stuff that, uh, you know, were the classics and things like that, that nobody else was renting that was collecting dust. I'm like, all right, I want to read. The, I want to watch those. I want to see the foreign films, things like that. And then once you discover that the library has all that stuff for free, you're like, oh, what am I doing? What <laughs> exactly. am I doing with my life? Why, 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 you know, when the entire Criterion collection is at the library, right. why am I renting Keanu Reeves movies? You know, like, right. what's wrong with this? Point Break, man. Like, why would you? They have Point Break too, though. That's it. They you're do. Right. They point have break Point Break, too. and they have oh, Point Break out. also, also, oh, okay. yes. I'm like, when did I miss this memo? <laughs> They're remaking. Uh, it looks like crap. Don't yeah, even talk about it. I know. I know. Next thing you know, they'll be remaking the Goonies and crap like that. Oh, don't what say it, that. What did so? Me? Yeah. I started. I learned how to read in a library when I was three or four years old. Did your parents think it was daycare? It, no, they there was a program for pre 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 K kids. So my That's cousin you're so and I. Smart. Well, maybe, maybe because I went to the library when I was three years old, my librarian taught me how to read. And that's then, great. And then I went to pre-K and I could read. And then wow. I went to kindergarten. I still went to the library. And then Pizza Hut had the book it program. So I kept reading even more. And it was amazing because they'd give me pizza for reading books I was going to read anyway. Bribing you. Well, no, I just got free pizza because <laughs> yeah, I read a lot of books. <laughs> awesome. That's exactly right. And well, and aren't they bringing that back? Haven't they brought they back better the book bring it program? Somebody else. I heard uh, it's like a, a, a more of an adult version of the book it program. No, well. I think they, Shades they, of Grey. They, they no, they no. recently yeah, brought an adult like that. I, I mean, think they like, recently brought back a book it for a PR generation. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think Which oh, that's great. cool. Do you like I? So how long? How long have have, have either one of you been doing this? I, at 2004 is when I got my master's in okay. library science. Uh, I started my first library job, August 2008. Hmm? Yeah. So have you, but I mean, it's not like you just, in 2004 and 2008, you just walked in and you were like, oh, I'm here. Like you guys were, you guys were, you know, frequenting way before. Correct? Sure. Users ourselves. As, us, as users yes. or patrons. Yes. Absolutely. Have you have you seen like this really disappointing shift? No. I, I keep thinking kids are getting dumber. <laughs> I mean to be I mean, totally I think to, to it's be it's totally not, I, just, I, like, you can't blame the kids because your parents brought you you my, right Lauren? Yeah. My, yeah. My parents it's on the parents. Me down and then they'd go to the adult section and I stay in the kids section. And yeah. we just hung out at the library yeah. th three or four times a week. I, mean, I, I, I think I think we should make a commitment to once a month, two or three of us. Go into the library? Go, sure. Go to Marywood and go to, you renamed Absolutely. it. Absolutely. I mean, Summit. Yeah. There's, Summit. There's a lot more. Like As an adult, I discovered all these other aspects of the library because when I was in college, I, I would go there to study, obviously. When I was in grad school, 
it was an incredible resource mm-hmm. for everything that I needed to do. At some point, I was taking a lot of law classes, so finding uh, uh, opinions, sure. finding opinions, and then speaking to a librarian about what the heck does this mean and what are the cases mm-hmm. that they're referring to. I need those cases to understand why they're referring to these things. It was an invaluable resource for me to understand all the copyright cases, and this is how we met. Sure, yeah, because we started talking about Lawrence Lessig and copyright. Wait, this is how you guys met? Wait, yes. Tell this story. <laughs> of course, we there was alcohol. Oh, yeah, we were drinking and we wine were at the yeah. library. <laughs> no, no, it was at a uh, posh. Yes, yes, Thursdays. Yes, and somehow we started talking about. Uh, remixes and so wait did you uh, have any idea of what she did no no no. we just started oh my god this is like lauren found like her spirit there you go yeah Yeah. it was it was kismet (laughs) it was incredible what happened i don't know how we started talking about it but i have no idea or maybe i mentioned that i worked at the library lauren has a tendency to be like i like books and then it's like (laughs) I like turtles. It's some. It's well, tur- yeah. We, we can't can- go a single podcast without saying I like turtles because it's funny to say. Uh, it makes you feel good. So, so I'm not sure exactly how we got on mm-hmm. it, but we were talking about copyright law mm-hmm. and Lawrence Lessig, and I I used to do a lot of um, mashup videos, metal mashup videos. I know, and Gaga, that right? was that was one of my big things during grad school was to experience, like push that and then write. Uh, arguments against YouTube when they try to break take it down take it down in certain countries. I was successful in every country except for Germany and Japan, which wow. were completely, completely impossible to get through anyway. The two so. instigators of World War II. They have II. completely yes. different copyright laws and I don't really have to deal mm-hmm. with it. So I don't care. Well I came out last week the European Union decided that they, they locked it down, man. It's they have worse copyright laws than we do. Oh. Worse or more like stringent? Both. Okay. Because right now we're fighting to 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 keep it at seventy years after the author's the, uh, the death. author's death, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but every time Mickey Mouse is up for uh, up for grabs, yeah. isn't that right? amazing that that can happen? <laughs> like, if you have enough lawyers, you can you can totally well, supersede. Basically, the law. Uh, if you're an institution, you basically have eternal copyright. Well, what's I mean, that, but that was their argument, and that's how they got passed. Where like I can't use Mickey Mouse today and claim fair use, right? Correct. Mm-hmm. Why are you looking at me? Like there is a dude. Talk? There was a guy, um, Danny O'Neill, I think. He did a comic called Disney uh, Mickey and the Air Pirates. Is that um, where he? I'm surprised they haven't optioned it yet for a film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I imagine uh, he he wanted to get he 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 had accidentally syndicated he syndicated his his column. He didn't realize he'd given the copyright to the to the. It's basically to the, the corporation he syndicated it to. In order to get it back, he started inserting uh, Disney Corporation's characters into the strips, and he got like three hundred other illustrators to do it along with him. So eventually, they gave it back to him. Oh, that's great! <laughs> oh, my goodness, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I think, um, man, we probably talked a little bit too about fair use and, and that type of thing. Right. And uh, basically, we both have like a nerd crush on Lawrence Lessing. He's so really he's and smart. Who's yeah, he? he's very he's smart. The founder of the Creative Commons and the lead proponent for fair use. Was of- that what the the net? Uh, what was that bill? Do you think net, net neutrality? Was that net neutrality bill or whatever? No. 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 Who no. was the one that was? It was no the Digital Millennium. Was that Copyright it? Copyright Act. Was that part of that? No. no. The DMCA but, was very bad. 
Yeah. Right. The Creative Commons is allowing artists to um, license their works using a cre- Creative Commons license. And what it does is that you can create it at, uh, you can license it with, at different levels. So you may say, uh, I have this painting and people can uh, put it on their website, but they need to um, credit it to me. And that, or your, or the license that you use could say, this is my painting. You can break it apart and, and uh, remash it with something else and, and do whatever, or, you know, or I don't want you to do anything. You have levels of what you can allow. um, Because what that does is just with our basic copyright laws, if you just copyright something, it's like you're saying you don't want people to touch it, but people and artists and creators want actually do want people to use their work to build a pond, you know, and it's, but we, it's sort of like you're either on one side or the other, you want to lock your stuff down or you want others to sort of build upon it. And that's where this creative commons license comes no, in. Is this a big point of interest for you? Like IP creative commons, fair use is, is that cause I think you were telling me that you two kind of geeked out about it. Yeah. Well, f- fair use is definitely a big, um, uh, something that, um, I'm fascinated with because real everybody, has this idea that um, if if you do something in an academic environment, oh, you can just claim fair use. You know, everybody thinks they can, uh, you know, use a, a song and put uh, put their own little video of, uh, on and put it out there and it's fair use. And the thing is, is it's really not. Fair use is looked at on a case-by-case basis. And it's you, you basically want to look at the four factors of fair use and see if you fit within those these factors of fair use um, in order to um, sort of claim that. But it's never a guarantee that your claim of fair use is going to be accepted if you do... Um, uh, if you do get sued by the original creator. So this becomes an issue in the academic environment, but also for artists and for musicians. But what's sad about it is that people get so wrapped up in this idea of owning it and they don't understand that, that you know, at some point, somebody's going to build off your creation. Everything's been built off another idea. And that's, that's just how we... Model T's anymore. Right. That's how yeah. academia that's how, works. Exactly. That's how culture progresses. Right. And you want to contribute to that. And what's more important, I mean, I do think artists and creators should get paid for their work and, you know, get the, get, um, the value that, that they get what they put in it, you know, and it has a a tremendous value. Um, but, um, you also want to contribute to, to the, uh, culture of a society. So anyway, which which is the whole point in getting involved anyway. So that's why the creative commons movement is such a great idea because instead of a cut and dry copyright system, there's options for attribution and attribution I think is the, 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 well, I think, I think especially to to the people we deal with and, and, and a lot of our listeners, like we have, you know, artists, musicians, filmmakers, you know, the gamut poets, you know, novelists, I'm hoping they listen. Um, but that's, but that's one of those things that like a lot of people like bring up, like there's, there's examples. And I mean, in, in film, there was a film that came out in the last two years called room 237. I don't know if anybody heard of it. (laughs) Anyways. So room, room 30, room 37, room 237 was basically like a a breakdown of Stanley Kubrick's the shining by completely insane people. (laughs) Not nevertheless, (laughs) 
um, it, it garnered traction and it played at Sundance and and it got distributed and and they made money and and I just heard an interview with the guy where he's like, believe it or not, the entire film was fair use. So we could actually show all these scenes from The Shining talking about like what it meant and you know and it was there was a commentary underneath of people talking about what it was, and he goes. The hardest part was for us to have a legal team to say, you know, this is fair use, this is fair use, this is fair use, to, and, and to define it and not have the estate go after them. Um, that also, um, it, 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 satire, satire is good for that it too, right? right? Absolutely, yes. Yeah, and I just think it's, I just think it's confusing for a lot of for a lot of people, and I'm hoping our listeners, because in terms of you know graphic design, oh, I found an image on Google. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or I found a logo, you know, right. I just did a shoot last week where it was like we had to get location releases, releases and, and stuff. And we actually in uh, Williamsport shot a mural. It was this three it was this buildings and a half an H and there was a mural throughout the whole thing. And we shot it and, I'm, and we're hoping to get permission from the artist to do it. But not only do we have to get permission from the artist, we have to get permission from the building owner. This big, beautiful mural. It goes through like time. Well, but that could be considered transformative use because you're filming it. So, uh, so you definitely want to look into that. And tr- if it's transformative use, that's a fair use of something. If you're shooting it and the you, it's a mural, but um, and you're featuring that that mural, but you are transforming. The medium? Changing the message. And the message. So it's, uh, the message is different, right? Well, I mean, it's basically like all these beautiful parts in Northeast PA. We stumbled Mm -hmm. upon that. I mean, would that fall under that? Yes. Especially if you're comparing it to other features of the region. That might be an argument for fair use, but I'm not, I not a lawyer. Need, yes, we are not. We are not lawyers. <laughs> you may need an agreement, possibly from the building owner, if it's a property, a private property. I'm not going to say that you so don't need that. So it's better to that. have it not need it than need it <laughs> exactly. not Exactly. Well, yes, you should make a, a good faith effort in yeah. getting that. But then once you once you try to, to, to get that, you can also look at the factors of fair use and see um, if it falls into fair use. And one of those factors is... If it's transformative, so can we can we at the end of this get put your contact information at least sure. for the libraries in case you know anybody wants to get in touch with you guys? Absolutely, I'm sure there's a lot of people. And there's even list. a code of something called a code of best practices yeah. for visual artists, um, which uh, was created by the Coalition of Networked something or uh, or. I'm not exactly sure who put it together, but I can also give you a link to that and people can look at that. So it's best practices for artists um, that are wanting to borrow from other creators and, and um, use fair use. And I think it's really, I just have to say this fair use is part of the law and I think people need to use it. It's not Mm -hmm. like, um, it's, it needs to be used. It's just as much part of copyright law as copyright law. So I really think people need to, to, to look at that when they're trying to use other people's work and trying to build upon other people's um, creations. I don't I think this is a good opportunity to say that if if an artist of of any kind is looking for information specific to a project, they, there is a Ask a Librarian widget on most library websites where you can book time with a librarian oh, of, no in a specific field and say, give me half an hour to look up this stuff. And Do you guys have that? Yep. Yes. 
How about that? You can text me, call me, right? You yeah. can, we can. You guys are yeah. like doctors. <laughs> doctors no. got it from us. Yeah. <laughs> we, the, one, the, one, the one caveat though is we are not giving legal advice. That's right. right. Yes. Uh, but you can give them the information to, to bring get. to a lawyer. Yeah. Yes. When they say, right. when they have to. Because or you know exactly. your law bills, you, you know your lawyer bill is going to be cheaper if you do half the homework for them. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And it's embedded in so much of what you do if you're a creative person, you know, and you don't even, you might not even realize it. Like people who want to be filmmakers, they don't realize that you can't just go out and just shoot anything and just use that footage all the time. You know, there's Northeast PA, you know, (laughs) in Northeast PA, maybe you can get away with it in a lot of areas, but you know, in some you can't. And if somebody decides to give you a hard time, then, you know, you're going to have to deal with that. Somebody was telling me a story uh, on the shoot that I just had. They did um, in the, in the nineties, there was a Larry Bird, Michael Jordan. Jordan commercial. Mm-hmm. And anybody see Men in Black 3? All right. So there's this building in New York that at the end of it has like on four corners, the diagonal corners, it has like eagle heads shooting out of it. I, I'm sh- If you saw a picture of it, you know what it is. But they did like a green screen shoot and had Larry Bird and Michael Jordan on there thinking that like, oh, it's part of the 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 skyline and the landscape and architecture is copyrighted <laughs> that's what they found out is they did the commercial they did the shoot they released it out there and then that building sued them well yeah <laughs> and they had to pay a couple million dollars i think to keep the ads running and wow. that's and and just because it's part of the skyline just because it's a part of it you know i think it's i think it's if you focus on just that specifically maybe you have to get permission there, there's so much that people weird, don't take into account like right, dude go you're right well i mean just this that's deeply problematic right i mean to play devil's advocate here as a law-abiding law citizen like that is you say screw it right we're just gonna do it because the building you said the building sued them well the building didn't sue them the corporation that owned the building sued them right correct the owners um, of the building right. did yes so i mean this is one of lessig's points right that if you have to go through that many hoops request permission to make something you're going to stifle that creativity and you're not and you're going to and we're going to be so worried about uh needing to raise lawyer funds or even having to have the cash in hand to go talk to a lawyer to say hey can i do this that it's it's done i mean why why even bother and so there's a part of me that says you know what we're just going to do it and deal with Whatever, whatever happens, which I'm not advocating that for whoever's listening. Uh, <laughs> but, but there's that sense, right? There's that, and it says like, say, forget it. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna roll with this because who, who cares? I mean, but, especially particular instances like that, which just makes me want to sort of punch myself in the face. Um, I mean, the building, right? The building, the building cannot sue anybody, right? The building's representation of ideas, and I get why architecture is is copyright. I get that, but after a certain period of time, right? That that image is then released, right? You're allowed to release that image into the wild to be kind of used and played with and, and manipulated. So, but again, we're dealing with a, again, using the Mickey Mouse example, right? The Walt Disney mm-hmm. Corporation has so much money and power behind it that is able to leverage legislation in a way that advantages it over individual citizens. It's something that I've seen in, in you know, my interest that uh, has always interested me about copyright is is now uh, comic creators, uh, you know, whether it's uh, artists or writers or whoever, 
um, you know, the copyright has changed so much. Uh, the idea of, of what, you know, is copyright and what isn't and, you know, who created what and creators rights and things like that has come, uh, you know, become a big thing over the last few decades because, uh, now that comic book movies are being made, uh, they're now multi-billion dollar properties, uh, especially now that, you know, Disney owns Marvel and things like that. Warner brothers owns DC and they're putting out these huge blockbuster films and, uh, the people who, who created the original characters were paid next to nothing to do that and so you know some of them are still alive uh some of them their families are you know still around fighting for their rights um but not only are they you know a lot of times maybe not even getting credit uh you know even so much as a credit at the end of of the movie but you know they're being cut out of all of the money and and essentially the the corporation's argument is well you know you were a pay for hire and we paid you to do a job we paid you to write this comic book or draw this comic book and that's where your rights begin and end because you you were paid to create that character for us so now we can do whatever we want with the character but their argument is well yes at the time when comic books were you know 10 cents or a dollar you know you could you could say that because there really wasn't that much money to go around but now that uh you you're making billions of dollars off of the same character the the idea of what that copyright is has changed so much that maybe it's not right. Like, you know, maybe you, you have the legal end of things, but on the moral end of things, you're wrong. Like Absolutely. you're really wrong. So it's interesting to watch that transform over time too. Absolutely. And, and even on a, that's, you know, a little person really trying to deal with this huge, you know, companies with that have so much support, so much money. And then you see somebody like a friend of mine, who's a photographer and her work, she puts it up online so people can see it. And then Ooh, someone takes it I know and just throws it up on their website. She can't, I mean, she can't do, you, you just can't do anything about it. You know, she could go after him, but then she doesn't have the, the uh, financial resources. I mean, uh, artists aren't known for <laughs> having the financial resources to fight, you know, and yep. that's what's really, so, so to a certain degree, you know, um, you want, you want things to be able to turn into a uh, uh, multi-million dollar um, industry uh, of these, uh, the movies uh, coming from the comic books. That's great. And that's a lot of people are benefiting from that, but that artists, that original artists that had that spark of ideas like left out in the cold. And it's really, yep. it, it isn't, morally right yeah i mean yeah. Even, and and you know this isn't just you know uh the guy who did one issue you know some of this stuff is like you know jack the king kirby you know who co-created pretty much the entire marvel universe you know right. with stan lee and even stan lee you know he's he's kind of the front of things and people see him as the big public and stuff like that but at the end of the day i mean he got pushed out of his own company i mean he's not even there anymore he's doing cameos and movies for that he right. created he's not really making big money on that he's making money for the cameo and that's you know about it but doesn't that and not that i i'm you know crying for stan lee because he's doing pretty well but a lot of these other guys like jack kirby that he worked with you know are just they're they're family are left in the cold and, and they're not making what they should be and it's it's kind of sad you know uh, some of these people uh, you know you, 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 you bleed for them because it's like it's just so uh, you know these these are characters that people really care about and they're so passionate about 
and they don't stop to think that, you know, at the same time, you know, and I'm torn with it too, because, you know, I'm not a big uh, fan of big corporations and things like that. But at the same time, I love Marvel and I love comic books and things like that. So, sure. you know, it's like my money is going towards the big machine, you know, <laughs> so I have to kind of, you know, be be in the middle there. Um, like when I go to, the, to, to like comic conventions and stuff, I like to really hang out with the artists and the writers and stuff like that and talk to them uh, most of the time who, who are appearing for free or autographing for free and stuff like that just because you know they've been they've been cut out of that that whole sure. that whole thing you know it's 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 crazy and uh, you know now, now that you, you see there's there's kind of this uh, cronyism too where you know a lot of these guys are uh there, there's like a select group of guys who are kind of taken care of. And then the other guys are like, they're seen as the, oh, they're the rebels, you know, like leave them out of it. But there are a lot of great, um, organizations that, uh, you know, uh, guys like, uh, Neil Adams and stuff got together years ago and created these organizations that raise money for those, those people, um, that protect their rights, you know, in the future and things like that. Now that people are, uh, you know, thinking in those terms that this could be adapted into a movie and can make a million bucks, then now that's kind of being, you know, kept in mind from now on. It's, it's, it's so interesting how that stuff has gone. And the photography is the same thing. Like our, our photos all the time are just blatantly taken right off our website. Whether we, whether we mar watermark them or not, like a lot of people say, oh, well, why don't you watermark yeah, this or that? Do you that? think that's malicious? It, well, or do you it, think it's just ignorant? Uh, most of the time, it's just ignorant. Uh, most right. of the time, that people just don't think, uh, especially like, like for example, uh, you know, say some, uh, you know, we go to a concert and we cover the show, and it's a local, a couple local bands, and we shoot them, and so they think, well, the photos are of me, so I can just take them and you know put them on my stuff and tell people whatever, and it's like you know I'm you know. I'm pretty open-minded when it comes to that stuff. Like anything that I shoot or anything that our photographers give that, that is okay with them that they don't watermark or whatever. Uh, you know, I say, go ahead and use them. You know, you can, you know, blatantly take them off the site. You're going to anyway. <laughs> so why don't you just do it? But give us a link back in some form or another, like sure. say thank you in some sort of way. Like if you're putting them on Facebook, Pay which most forward. people are, uh, you can tag any PA scene in the photo. You know, you could tell people this is where it came from. You can, you know, most photographers have a photography page. You can link to the photography page. It's not difficult. It takes two seconds. And a lot of times, if I mean, you know, people act like they, they don't know how to do it a lot of times, which is frustrating to me. It's like, so you know how to steal it and upload it. So you, you've got that down, but you can't give credit or, you know, you can caption your own photos, but you can't caption this one to say, oh, this this photo was brought to you by this person or this website or whatever. Uh, I did catch one the other day, actually. It came through my feed accidentally. Uh, somebody had shared a Breaking Ben uh, interview that was done by, uh, I think it was ultimateguitar.com or, or .net or something. And the photo was one of our photos. So I'm like, right away, I'm like, oh, okay. So I click on it and um, they used another one of our photos in there. And they said, courtesy of the photographer's name. So I, I messaged the photographer and I said, did you give them permission to use the photo? Because, you know, with, with our stuff, uh, because, you know, uh, nobody's really getting paid for what we're doing. Uh, I let the photographers retain the rights to all their photos or anything like we don't own, you know, any PAC doesn't claim ownership over them. Uh, but we just would like some credit. And the same thing with the photographers, like I'm sure she would have wanted some credit. She's like, no, I've never even heard of this website. Like, you know, so courtesy of this person and they thought that was good enough. And it's like, well, courtesy means that they gave you mm -hmm. the courtesy 
of using the photo, you know? So I just sent them a message and, um, you know, a couple days later they got back to me and they were very good about it. They took it right down. But I said, you know, you don't have to take it down. I, I stress like, just give us a link back, you know, like this is the original, you know, uh, where, where you got it from, uh, you know, link to the photographer's page should be more than happy. And then, you know, that's just going to help our Google results, you know, like that's fine. Like, Nope. Just took it right down. Just deleted it. Like it never existed. I don't know. I don't know why that was so difficult for them to do that, but you see it all the time, uh, you know, where people are uh, reuse and upload photos and stuff. And I just, I don't think they understand that that's somebody's, you know, creative property that they, that that's their vision, so to speak, you know, like just because even if it's a picture of you, it's their picture of you. They had to sit there and, you know, edit that photo just right or, you know, pose in such a way. And, and uh, you know, they're making you look good, you know, like they're helping you. So you should help them, you know, but I, I guess that that whole idea isn't really, uh, you know, nobody really thinks that through the way that they should. Well, not to get overly philosophical, but the shift Please from get overly philosophical. the shift from physical to digital, I think, really affects that. Um, uh, agreed. I was reading uh, it kind of trying to prep for this especially the copyright conversation. And, you know, there's this huge, all the record companies really moaned and cried about, oh, you know, especially when Napster, hey, we're losing compact CD sales. And really 10 years later, that works to their advantage because now we have these streaming services, which are, in my mind, extremely problematic. Um, if you rent music and your device breaks, your access breaks, you're hosed, right? And so there. And someone was making kind of the example of that, like broadband, like electricity, you kind of just assume that the presence of this is going to continue. And and by moving away from the physical image, right, you print out your, you have the stack of like, you know, your, your negatives in the little, in the front, you know, your, your photos in the back. There's something about holding that and not, not you know, all, you know, Luddite here, but, <laughs> right, that, that as soon as you... <laughs> I actually, I used to work for, my first job out of college was working for an internet photography company. Mm. Um, and so one of the things that people said, one of the guys I worked with was that if you're going to put it on the internet, people can copy it. People can get to it. Like that's just kind of the nature of it. Sure. Unfortunately, because if if it's available, there's something in the human kind of brain, psyche, whatever. So if it's available, I think I can get it. Um, and for me, for right, so... Um, I really like music. Music is a big, big deal for me. And so F F Napster came out when I was in college, right? And I was like, oh yeah, like that was like Napster was, Napster was awesome. And, and, and that was a lot. I, so I found bands, right? Going down to school near Philly. And so he had that whole sort of Philly scene, which was great. And, and then out of that BitTorrent, and then mm -hmm. there were for a while, these blogs, you put up the whole album and go and download them, right? And I was doing that. And then I kind of get to this point, I'm like, okay, hold on. <laughs> Because it was actually, it was actually, it was something like an addiction. You go, and uh, addiction is a strong word, but it was almost compulsory, probably a better word, that, oh, that whole album's there, I'm going to grab it. And I, and I go back and like, didn't listen to them. I just went and grabbed them mm -hmm. and didn't necessarily spend the time with them um, and realized that what this was kind of doing, you know, to the artist, right? Kind of had that It's It's moment. devaluing it in, in a lot it of is, ways. It is, right. Um, Okay, right. Again, this one guy, Walter Benjamin, right, wrote this very famous essay, um, The Age of Art in Art and the Age of Mechanical Reproduction, right? Mm -hmm. So he talks about when you go to see a painting, uh, you go to see Van Gogh's Starry Night, right? And now you can see it. If you Google Starry Night on, like, you can find it's been made into jackets, it's made into mugs, it's been made into uh, these things. We say you have mouse pads. Um, 
almost anything you can imagine starting has been placed on. So he argues that the original has an aura. You go into the original painting has this, this aura, but the reproductions around it then reduce the value of the thing because it comes so common, you don't see it. And so the value of music, the value of these photographs becomes devalued to lose the, the sense of that aura because it simply seems like they're just pixels, right? They're just pixels you can, you can pull down. It's just kilobytes you can you can Rearrange download and manipulate right, it, it means nothing there's there's no connection to the you don't see the brush strokes you don't see the hours of of sweat and time of touring of broken equipment changing tires in the rain like you know that that that's not behind that download and and you know the the thing is is that uh, people that own copyright uh, or even patents of different things, they have to protect it. They're forced to protect it because if they don't, that will happen. Yes. So uh, like the one example that I've read about was um, a, a university, their logo or their, it was either their logo or their um, their mascot. A local bakery was baking cakes and putting that logo or that mascot, I forget what it was, on the cakes and selling it. Well, that big university had to go after this local bakery and they have to, they have to protect their uh, property, their intellectual property. They don't want to, but if they don't and people start it, using it, that on you're shirts saying it's or okay for everybody to do it. Exactly. But right. So then they can't, they can't say, if they, if they didn't go out and actively protect it, then when they go and try to sue, they're not going to. So can for a counter example though? Yeah. Because, so Disney, there's a, there's like this local daycare, like Florida or something that uses the Disney characters on the side of their building. Disney goes, you have to take those down. Is that, is that the same thing? Yeah, basically, that's like Disney goes after all these uh, little guys. They're not because and, they're and, trying to protect it. Yeah, Disney. And <laughs> Disney's a lot more evil than you think. <laughs> no, no. Um, I, I have. If you want, I wanna, think if Walt Disney was around right now, he'd be rolling no, in his uh, grave. Henry Henry Guido has uh, the mouse that roared is a fantastic little little book. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, so so does the university? Does the university need to play that same role that Disney does? Do they do they need to protect? Well, the the idea is, is if they don't and and somebody starts making, I don't know, shirts and selling a ton of shirts with their which logo they do anyways, it, which right, people do anyways, right? If they don't go after the little bakery that's doing it for some kid's birthday party that wants like you know the local college, <laughs> then they when they do go to sue this other company. They won't have. Um, they they need to actively protect that intellectual pro- property. And so, if they let these five people go, but they only go after that one, why are they going after this one? So and I, and that's. I, and I think I think in that example, you can't say Disney Bakery. I think you have to say Entity A, Entity B, Entity B took something from Entity A, because when you say Disney, you're like, well, they're just jerks. Well, at the you know, end, and, it look, and it's a real David and Goliath thing, right? Right, exactly, and that's it. Yeah, that's, it that's it looks, true. it I looks, but it's yeah. You have to go to the core of it. You have exactly. to lose all the identifying right. factors. But but ultimately, that's where that moral issue almost comes in, where you're like, wow, they were just making cakes for some party, right, you but know? You but right, but then, as the little guy, you can't use the argument as like, you guys got enough money. Exactly. But the, the nature and the characteristic of the work is one of those four factors. And in this? in terms of this university logo, although it doesn't fit the mold of the, uh, the Vault of Benjamin uh, aura, 
it is representative of certain ideals and standards. So right. somebody else appropriating that logo and making it a sweet little cake may I, or may not be in line with that message. But right. This, but uh, yeah, <laughs> it's problematic. I, 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 I get what you're saying, but the, but then that that is that sort of that that can. Sh- and, I, and again, I recognize that that, that title requires constraints, right? I get that. Um, but there's something about that 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 the it's itchy. in me. Yeah, it just it's it itchy. Just, it, yeah, yeah. It, it is. It is, and it's problematic. But it's our law. <laughs> Unless we can argue that the cake transformed it and was not made for monetary gain necessarily, and Which we is, only used a, a very small portion of the logo. In fact, we only and also the cake. Yeah, it was more know. about the student who attended the school and their experience of the school, and not the school as a representative entity. Yeah, but most of us can't afford that. Nice. For yeah. yeah. Right. See, that was impressive. She, isn't she wicked she, smart? Yeah. <laughs> right on. I can't Baker believe you didn't become a librarian. What were you thinking? I, was, I thought be. I was going to be a lawyer There's for a still while. time. Oh, wow. <laughs> how many more years of school do I need? How how many years does it take to become a librarian? Really? Would you call Additional? yourself a librarian? Would you, both of you call yourself librarians? Yeah, you have to get a master's in library, library and information a science. master's? Yes. Master's degree, well, yes. I, I was looking, I, sorry, can I? Sorry, no, not to go be ahead. Too, I'm sorry. Um, I know how I feel every week. <laughs> so I, there's there, there's a dude I was reading. Uh, I was talking about you know who you see as librarians. So you have your people that have masters, right? Yeah. You also have, there's there's a lady who works in my library. She's she's she. I'm the only full time, and then a couple part time people that work with me. She's been working there for 16 years. She doesn't have an MLS, but she, she's our cataloger. I would call her a librarian. Like she doesn't. Right. She has the experience, right? She's been working there. Um, and then my student staff call themselves student librarians, like. That's, that's cool. How, that's how they see themselves, I like that. right? So they don't have masters, they and they don't have the experience, but they have the role. And so there are people that work in libraries that don't have masters, but would be considered librarians. There are people who have the master's of library information science that do things that are nothing to do with libraries. And this guy said, I would consider them librarians too. But absolutely, usually we're looking at job descriptions. Ninety percent right. of the time, you need a master's degree from et cetera, et cetera, accredited school. Yeah. Right. It's, it's like a, it's a weird, it's a requirement typically. Yes. I'm looking at you, Lauren. Yeah. Two I years. would, I would have loved to, I would love to do that. I, I am in marketing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm too much of an agitator to be a librarian. Oh, oh no. What are you talking li- about? Yeah, yeah. We like that. Agitators are welcome. Yeah. You should, you should, I was up at a conference couple weeks ago and you seem like an agitator uh i like the, the agitator people are awesome i don't think i don't think you're agitating i think you just i think you you just like to you know be like but eh. and my wife you know, like my devil's wife, advocate wife, is fun this is the point, point my wife started stop stop just disagreeing just just stop disagreeing so. <laughs> all right i have to do david lankies wrote this book called the new um new librarianship he's a oh. he's up at the uh Syracuse. Uh, but just to your point, he, this is a quote from him. It's to I be a, we're texting him. <laughs> <laughs> to be a librarian is not to be neutral or passive or waiting for a question. It's to be a radical, positive change agent within your community. So I think you could handle that. Oh. <laughs> when I consider my career change, perhaps. But so go. far, I found the library very useful in all the things that I've done. So wonderful. Maybe I'll just keep hanging out at libraries. Sounds good. Absolutely. Uh, you 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 brought this up earlier, so I have to I have to I have to bring it up. Uh, the uh, crazy questions that you guys get. <laughs> there's got to be there's got to oh, be gosh, like ones I, that stick out. I, I knew I I I knew you were going to ask me that. that. You know, no, it's like I'm blanking on it. Can you think of anything? Do you just know the more, decimal system. It's more just the, it's more the people. Good reference. 
typically during the summer, I notice I have somebody at the front desk. I'm, my office is behind a little bit. And so people just walk in, just yell, hello? And we have signs. <laughs> we, we, we have signs directed to people. Very good, clear signage here. If no one's here, head this way. And just walk back. And just walking around the library, just yelling as loud as I can. Hello? Anybody here? I'm like, I'm here for mean in a room. <laughs> well, when I was in the public library, and this is kind of a joke amongst public librarians, it's like somebody will walk in and say, you know that book? It was blue. And you're like, oh, right. Uh, that uh, one. That, that blue book. <laughs> right. So it's just sort of like... The, the one first, where you uh, price your car You mean out? the First Amendment and the Fifth Estate. Yes. Of course. I got that all the time at the video store. Exactly. Uh, that right. movie with that guy that was out last year. <laughs> Absolutely. So... Sir, can you do me a favor and be vaguer? <laughs> I'd, yeah. like to, I'd like to figure this out. I loved working at Blockbuster. I liked man. I liked when they... Well, the only thing I didn't like about Blockbuster was um, dealing with the angry people who were like really mad that they... Loved it. They, they got a fee. <laughs> you know, like it's their fault. They didn't bring back the movie, so they're going to scream at the guy. No, at the I counter. always turned it back on them. When was the movie due? Three days ago. When are you bringing it back? Today. <laughs> do we need to discuss anything else? <laughs> Well, I don't think it's fair. It's not a matter of fair. <laughs> right. You signed it. You got your laminated card. You agreed to the terms. What's the problem? <laughs> and they could never answer it. I said, but it's four bucks. I'll but, take it off. Oh, that's <laughs> sweet. Yeah. Well, you, you weren't always, it, we weren't always given that, especially towards the end when uh, the, the place was going down like uh, the Titanic. You know, it, it went from, <sighs> yeah, sure, you could take off a fee here and there to like get everything. And no, shake and as a matter of fact, we're charging you more because you asked if you can get it taken off. <laughs> well, you know, a lot of it was uh, they, they, to be fair to the people, you know, they would just constantly change their damn policies. You never knew when to really bring it back or not. Cause I think the favorites were when you felt like it. Well, you know, the, the beginning of the end for them uh, was, was actually right when I came on uh, and started working. Good job, for dude. <laughs> was when, no, it was, it was like they were implementing it as I was, I was being hired was the whole no late fees thing. Remember, remember when they yeah, tried we weren't going to charge you late. Fees. We're not going to charge you late fees. The idea was, um, you know, like stores, how they were charge a restocking fee. So it was a hidden fee. We just weren't going to call it a hidden fee. Uh, where essentially, like, you could keep it out for like a month. And then after a month, they were like, okay, now you own the movie. So we're going to charge the credit card on your account. And now you own the movie. You just keep it forever. <laughs> and so people would just keep it out forever. And then they'd be like, why am I getting charged for this movie? It's like, well, you, you own it now. I mean, right. it's been a month. I mean, how long does it take to watch a two hour movie? We're doing you a favor. It's three. Dollars a day in late fees. If you wanted to bring it back now, you're at ninety bucks. Or do you want the nineteen ninety nine and buy it? Right. It, it was actually a good deal because a lot yeah. of times people would rent a brand new movie that just came out that obviously we had to pay for, you know, and then just keep it, you know. So they were just paying the price that you would have just to buy it new, you know. So I, I you know, it, it was something that was simple to explain to people, but they couldn't stand that because they felt like they were being ripped off. So it got so far that somebody actually sued them and was successful in suing them because, well, well, you didn't tell me about that. That was that was a hidden fee. And you said no. Why don't we do that with the cell you phone You said companies. no fees. Why don't we just charge for oxygen, a surcharge for oxygen? They'll start. I'm sure this, the, the cell so, phone companies are a lot smarter than that. So I have, I have questions. <laughs> so do I. What is craziest library story ever? Not the question, just crazy. It's like, oh, one day we were in there and then like this whole marching band came in or like Spider-Man fought in our library. We had a squirrel fall out of the ceiling. Had a Wait, like, like, like people are sitting there and the, the, the pew, 
Yeah, yeah, we had a, we were having squirrels come in from the outside, and they were chewing holes in the the first floor, and and one. Were you there? Well, I was just behind it falling out. I, oh. the, I my the, my colleague. You saw the aftermath. I saw the aftermath. My colleague captured it and took it outside. Oh, well, that was. Was nice. it a gray squirrel? It was in a bag. It didn't come back. <laughs> <laughs> you offed the squirrel. <laughs> the squ- We had a running feud. Still do with we, squirrels. Oh yeah. If you don't do that, they'll just come back. They do. We had we actually took out four spackle buckets full of nesting material last fall Ugh, out of the ceiling because I'm like yucky. You 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 walk in here. <gasps> you can't. It's illegal to discharge firearms in the library, so I had to call maintenance. It's illegal to <laughs> discharge firearms in the library. If yes. we learned nothing else <laughs> today, I thought this was America. <laughs> Jeez. Crazy story up at Marywood. Anything? Well, actually, this happened. I was at Duquesne in Pittsburgh. Okay. He had a naked guy in the library. He was Reading <laughs> or streaking? He, he was streaking. He actually went. We caught him on the camera so going out the back door. He wasn't there being naked like, you Charlotte's Web. <laughs> Do you have a history of no. nudists? Uh, yeah. But I might change the story now. Do you have any Spencer Tunic material? <laughs> um, uh, so we caught him on the camera. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. How many times did you watch that on repeat? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I only one time. It was. <laughs> did you know who it was? By no, just- no, it was a, a com- community member. It actually wasn't a student, so it was somebody from the was commu- it Will community. <laughs> it, it may have been actually. I only it was only from the back that we so, saw. He knew where the cameras <laughs> were. He knew. So, so did, you, did you did you have to put out the image? You know, like uh, can anyone identify <laughs> this ass? <laughs> we did not do that. Both but, physically and yeah. yes. <laughs> <laughs> Earlier, you mentioned something about inter- interlibrary loans, and I have a uh, just a random question about dissertations. A long time ago, I rented, rented, I requested my grandfather's dissertation from a university in California and it was transported to New York. How do I, do? can I request that that be digitized somehow? Or like, what is the process in America? You mentioned the process in in Europe, but in America, do you, they automatically digitize stuff that people have requested or is it... How do you? How does that process work? And does the author need to be de- deceased? And can or alive? and can a next of kin authorize that in America? Hmm. So I've I've had times where I have professor said, "Hey, can you get this thesis for me?" I emailed the author and said, "Hey, here's the deal. Professors in our institution here would like to see your research. He's really interested. Here's what he's done." The guy sent it to me. The yeah, author directed it to me. And so okay. sometimes actually easier to go to the author. When available, and say, "Hey, do you mind?" There are databases. ProQuest is one of the big ones, right? Um, that ninety percent, at least a good chunk of the other, because as you said before, if it's digitized, it's more available. Um, but there is uh, so ProQuest um, at most universities, um, your thesis or dissertation needs, they, your university will require that you submit a digital copy to ProQuest. And so, uh, and this is very controversial because basically if you write a thesis or dissertation, you'll uh, submit it to ProQuest and then ProQuest will now sell Right. the copies yeah. to everybody like, that like, wants to access Like turn it, it in. Yeah. So oh, that's you, like that documentary. Did you ever see that the internet's own boy? Nobody, no. Nothing? No, no, no. Everyone's drawn a blank. Of, it's, on, it's on Netflix. Anyways, it's it was Schwartz. the guy. 
Adam you know Schwartz, what I'm talking right? about? Oh, that's who yeah. Went and ripped off a bunch of. He took the articles from J Store. J Store ended up. The FBI <gasps> went after him. He committed suicide. He took yeah. the article so they they can be freely accept, accessible to everyone. Right. And because got, it was, and a lot of it was like government funded research too. That was before it was required for any um, National well, his, Institute I, I, of Health. I think his intentions were honorable so that everyone can have his, but, but, you know, he going, was a go, radical, definitely. He was totally radical. And, yep. but, and, and going back to what we were talking about before, it was, it's, it's, um, you know, the, there's, there's a great divide, especially generationally, where they think information should be free. Mm-hmm. And there's the other ones who are like, you know, inv- information is worth something. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he's part of the generation where it's like, well, why why can't I use that photo? Why can't I? You know, it's out on the it's You know, people think the Internet's free. It's like where you, well, where you get there's, it. There's, the there's a difference. There's two, there's two different. That's, that's a slight difference, though, because the difference between linking back to a photo and then having to pay anywhere from 50 to 60 to 7 thousand dollars a year for mm-hmm. access to these to these databases um, for that's ba- how much it is. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's, and that can be on the low end. Yes. Holy moly. For, for databases that we use and this in is for like academic library. Yes. And- I, you pit was at one, I think was five or six years ago. You pit, I think it was at a million right. a year for just the database, just, just electronic. So any, all those is things just per library to pay for. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, but that was pit that, you know, Yeah. But compare that to newswires and all these other database type technologies. These subscriptions are hundreds of thousands of dollars per year for these other organizations to use. Information is expensive. Well, it does. It's access. What you are selling is is access. What he was what he was pushing against was should inform who has the authority to say this information is safeguarded by this particular company. It's problematic. I, I don't disagree that it is. It is. Well, pro- he thought it was a racket. It is. I mean, it is because as soon as you yes. stop paying, you have nothing. If we stop paying today, you have nothing left to show for that. Physical books, right? You pay for them, you have them. Right. And physical periodicals, you pay for them, you have them. You stop paying for electronic stuff, you have nothing. But a lot of things in JSTOR in particular would be available. Um, it would actually fall under maybe public domain or gov docs. There's a lot of things in there that, you know, people could have access to, but then they've been, you know, curated in this way. And that's the thing with ProQuest. You're paying for these dissertation and abstracts, but essentially the ProQuest database is sort of like the Library of Congress's databases of thesis and dissertation. So it's, so ProQuest is sort of handling that for the, for the Library of Congress, but yet uh, us as citizens now need to pay for our electronic copy, where in Canada, you can get free copies of any thesis or dissertation from the National Library for free. So, and again, it goes back and forth. It's some, you know, if the creator was making this money, but ProQuest is making the money because they're putting it together, they're creating the database. So you, there's both sides to it. It's really hard to but look at. But a lot at. of the time, isn't that like student research, like college research? It is. Yes. Your thesis is dissertation. But I mean, I've had professors quote dissertations that yes. their student, the work yep. that their students have worked on. Did the student get paid to do that? No, no. the student pays to do that. But, their right. student so then, is- but, how, but then how can a company make money off of what someone did for free? 
They didn't, though, because the the entire idea of the dissertation or the the thesis is to push the extent of human knowledge just a little bit further in that one particular area. So Which the student I, wants that information out there, right. and they don't have a vehicle it, for the that. Doesn't student want a nickel? Well, like, that's that not sense? the nature of of, of doing a dissertation, yeah. yeah, or a thesis. It's. <laughs> I just I don't I just don't there is there's a different currency the cur- Jack Kirby right? well, no, the currency is actually in citations so that the more right. people the more people that link if you use the, the link back idea point, yeah. if you're cited the more times you're cited kind of the more critical weight that gives to your work and that's Maybe. good for tenure that's good for future publications that's and so that becomes sort of academic value, scholar yeah. <laughs> academic sort of currency is yes. is those citations Yes. Does that make sense? And I I see what you're saying, too, because, you know, you could also, you know, argue that universities in general have become kind of a racket in the sense that there there is there's a there's been a pushback, though. We've talked about this a little bit in the idea of open access. Right. So Harvard and some of these other big schools right, require that, Okay, if you're going to do an article or a publication has to go into this, what they call an open access repository, where Google is it's it's. It's linked into Google, Google Scholar, right? So if you search for these things, you can find these articles for free through the Harvard sort of and often and now repository. repository. Um, if you're an author, right, you can often work with the people to say, okay, I'm giving you this chapter. I also want to put it on my website. And they're going to okay after six months embargo, but which means okay, we're, you have to wait six months and you can put it up on your website. So there's so if we who are writing stuff take that extra time and say, okay, we want this thing. Usually, the, the, the publisher are... will work with you and say, "Okay, just work with us a little bit here, and then you can eventually." But they're not geared toward open access, right? That is not their thing because talking about United States and Canada difference, you know, capitalism versus whatever. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the, economics, economics is driving this, right? <laughs> and so, and sometimes what ha- you know what happens is that we don't we don't have all the information, right? We don't have. Do I have do I have the rights to ask ask for this? Because publishers are saying, "Here's your agreement. Sign this. Get it back to us today." And you go, "Okay, here's the publisher. Yeah, okay, um, right." But you have, so we do have some degree of of um, say efficacy. I don't think that's the right word. Some degree of uh, you know change to say, you know what? I don't have to publish this with you. I can go with mm-hmm. somebody else if you're not going if I can take my terms. But it requires the creators to take that extra step to say, "Hey, will you work with me?" On this. So I don't disagree. There is some of the racket, but there are, there is the open access discussion is strong. I think with a bunch of universities, especially people that are creating stuff to, to make sure that they, cause you want these conversations to continue and, and they've, and schools have recognized, as you both pointed out that there is something problematic with, um, with this approach of feeding these companies, all this, this content and not getting anything back from it. Absolutely. And on that, on that, idea. I just want, I don't want to go into too much detail about this, but my own thesis was, I did not submit for pro, I did, it's not on any of the official Good for databases, you. technically. Yeah. I was given, uh, I'm why, not going to say. Why is that good for you? Why is that? Well, it's, it's complicated. Isn't that the one that's like 70 pages? Yeah, you have a copy of this. <laughs> I own 70 it. 70 pages. I own the exclusive rights to that. What good does that do me, though? Because now people don't necessarily search it. They don't cite it. They don't do anything with it. Well, don't you want that? I do. But I was given the option to self-publish. 
Now, what is the option for some... Have you some... self-published? N- well... <laughs> is that the next part of the question? The, the next part of the question is, what does a uh, a broke graduate, postgraduate <laughs> student do to self-publish their work on academic circles without going through ProQuest or like next Landscaping. Like, yeah. Right. It's like, what is the other option? Well, what, right. Can I ask what, you, what are your expectations no, I don't have any expectations she at this point. It's, I've been I've been somewhere. out of school for now for how many years? So like what, a year and a half. Would what, what would stop you from PDF? Could put a PDF and throw it up on your site? Well, actually, that's what I did the day that I wrote it. The day that I wrote it, I timestamp. I've got a website. I timestamped it. I uploaded the PDF just so I had that nice. up there. Good. But I never really shared the link with anybody except for you. You posted it. That's right. You did. Thank you. So did it's published on any PA scene. Not all of it. Well, I mean, seventy pages. Yeah, exactly. So like, not all of it, but it's like reading yeah. of mice and you men. could always. <laughs> I mean, these are some options. You, you're the school that you went to. You can see if they're starting to digitize and doing a repository. We are starting to. I mean, we plan the next couple of years to start developing a repository of all uh, work that's created there, um, professional contributions, theses and dissertations, and have them open access and available. Oh. So that's what a lot of universities are moving towards that. So you may be able to get that into um, uh, the repository where you went to school. And then that would have there would be access to that through Google Scholar, so so people could search it and it could that come up. That would be ideal for me. Yeah, so that's an option. But did you ever think about creating a short article related to your thesis and citing your thesis? You could do that. So then you're getting you know, and then so you can link back. So guess what I'm writing for you. <laughs> <laughs> so that's another thing you can cite you yourself. Go. I okay. mean, hey, yes, people do it Why not? all the time. Yeah. Do you, so. have, do you have a physical copy or any physical copies? I have physical copies bound somewhere. Because, I mean, that's the way people find dissertation and theses is the bound copy at the library. I mean, you yes. know, world, worldcat.org has all these. Worldcat? Worldcat. So it's short for catalog. catalog. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. So. Wow. I mean, no. And there's other places where you can self-publish and actually get um, yeah, ISBN number, that type of thing. So if you did want to go ahead and actually get it in a, you know, a book form, multiple copies bound, you can do that. There's websites to do that. And then they'll submit it to Library of Congress for oh. you and that type oh, of thing. Well, that- and then if you have a couple copies, you could give it to the local libraries and they, you know, would we may get- consider putting it in the collection. We get the weirdest things in the mail. <laughs> yeah. We will like, get all kinds of stuff. We will get, I, we will get, I've gotten 15. We wanted, th- we want this show to be like a carnival. <laughs> like what I, is, uh, I should have brought them in. I mean, what is the weird shit you get? Like, you know, life after death, the five secret, uh, this one, I kid you not, Nigerian. You're better eating after you die. <laughs> uh, this ni- Nigerian businessman, like the five secrets to wealth in this Nigerian businessman. After uh, death? No, no, this is, these are two different things. <laughs> oh, okay. But yeah, we'll get boxes because, because if you put it in the library, that gives the book credence. Oh, they have this. Oh, it must be a good book. So right. we get, we get boxes. It's weird the yeah. five guides to the do you, afterlife do you, do you have to just do you have to do you have to take something like that and say no like to put oh, it as a, oh yeah well there's that, also, that probably there's happens times. a lot i'd imagine because i mean anybody fiction. can publish now exactly print on demand anybody can do it <laughs> right yep. So it's just like just like we were, you know, saying with the internet. I mean, anybody can update Wikipedia and put whatever they want. Exactly. You know, same thing. Now you can self-publish. You know, you can put a book together of yes. gobbledygook and Call you know, an author man. Yep. Yep. But well, we we have like uh, 
our libraries have, it's called our collection development policy. So we follow that. So we don't, and that's, so it's, you know, fair. We don't, you know, we, we don't reject things based on biases or anything. It's definitely a via our collection development policy. So it's not like if you come in and we don't put it in, that's because we don't like you. It's because we had to follow our policy. That's all. I'm going to be honest. So the collections of poems by Marky will not be... <laughs> can I can I ask a serious question? Oh. <laughs> Maybe I you know. Can you? Do you like Jello? Um, uh, being the 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 career that you guys are in, um, you know, I I find um, I find a lot of the um, ignorance in this world is based upon not the uneducated, but maybe the unexposed. If that makes sense. So people who are kind of like stuck in their ways, it seems to me that if they walked into a library and just saw and, and, and actually gave it a chance and went through everything would be more humanists, if that makes sense, and more caring and, and loving. Or they read War and Peace and <laughs> The Art of War and just destroy people. But you know what I mean? But just to expose yourself to like creativity. Like I was, okay, this is a real that, nerd. That's why thing. that guy was in the library, right? He was exposed. Okay. No. Yeah. Can, I, can, I, can I give you a nerd thing? We like nerd things. Do you watch Doctor Who? Off and on. I don't. Did you watch the new one with Capaldi? I have not. I'm not going to spoil anything. Do you watch Doctor Who? Oh yeah. Did you watch the new stuff with Capaldi? Uh, I'm maybe about, I'm maybe Which about halfway one? through his. All his right. Run. So you made it like three, four episodes in. Yeah. Did right. you see the one where he, where he got miniaturized into the Dalek? Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. Okay. For for a moment, the Daleks are like the the Doctor Who's like ultimate nemesis, and all they care about is extermination. Like they have all they want is them to survive, and that's it. Everyone else can be exterminated. But the one of them, you know, had a malfunction, and he said, "He goes, I saw a star being born, and it was beautiful." Instead of eating Doctor Who's like, well, you've destroyed millions of stars, and he's like, but this one. He's like, it's futile. The more we destroy, the more that gets created. And he had like this change of heart for a moment. Wow. Do you think, you know, more people who who kind of instead of just going to like the YouTube videos of the cats playing pianos right. or, you know, getting out there and being like, I wonder what this section is of nonfiction. <laughs> what does nonfiction mean? You know, like if they walked into there and, and just kind of like broaden their, I'm not saying like reeducate yourself. I'm just saying broaden mm -hmm. your horizons. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, it, it might be like, you know, you know, girls that wrestle are, are tough and don't want to talk to me. But if I actually talk to a girl that wrestled, I'm like, wow, she's really, you know, she's sweet. She doesn't want to hurt me. Well, there's definitely. I, I don't mean, know why that was the example I went with. That's it's <laughs> I had glow girls on the mind and I don't know why. <laughs> But they I'm trying to get to the point where it's like, you know, if you go and, you know, there was did you ever see Higher Learning? There was this movie that John Singleton did and mm -hmm. regardless of his agenda, but something really profound happened to me at, is at the end of the movie this title card comes up and it just says unlearn. Cuz the whole movie is about racism and and blah blah mm -hmm. blah and this title card comes up and says right. unlearn. Which right. I thought re was really in 1994-95 was really a mm -hmm. big pivotal moment for me. Well, I, definitely libraries are in the business of lifelong learning. Like we right. definitely want to, you know, educate people throughout their entire lives and not, it doesn't end, you know, when you're, when, you know, you get out of school, if you get out of high school and you don't go any further or even college, you know, that's the place where you can continue 
And, you know, the thing is, is a lot of things hop off of your interests too, you know, like the, the idea of issues with racism. Well, sometimes you can look at some of the most beautiful pieces of artwork or listen to the most beautiful music or interesting music. And, and it comes from cultures that you've rejected in the past and like being exposed to that and having access to that in the library and then broadening, broadening, broadening that out to, you know, other experiences with these different cultures. I mean, that's the thing. It's like the library has all these access points. If you can just get in there and, and consider other things, but you know, um, it, it is a struggle to get people in. Luckily now um, they can get in digitally. Yeah. And so that's, that's wonderful that they can do that, but it definitely takes the initiative of the, of the person that wants to, I mean, people sometimes don't want to open their eyes and that's the sad part, you know, but if they, if they are willing, it's there. Well, I mean, it's one of those things, it's like, you don't have to agree with it. Just give it a shot. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I'd rather have more questions than answers in my life. You know, that's just, that's just, I mean, that's living, you know? Answers right? lead to more questions that lead to more yeah, answers. Yeah, right. So just keep it going. <laughs> it's exciting. <laughs> this is the happiest I've seen you in 30 weeks. <laughs> just so you know. Uh, we, eh. uh, but at the same time, right, I mean, you said before, I think, Rich, that, uh, you know, feeling guilty about not going to the library. You, don't, you shouldn't feel guilty. I mean, it's not as though people are judging you because you didn't go to the library, right? And I don't think you should be... I, I teach a fine arts class at Summit, so like, so intro to, intro, intro to fine arts, like great Western art, great Western painting. And so one of the, one of the implications is like if you, if you, you will be a better person if you spend time with this. Well, no, right? Because, and you have like kind of this dichotomy between high culture and low culture, right? Low culture being our cats and the pianos, right? Uh, high culture being, you know, Bach, right? You listen to Bach, you'll be, you know, I've Einstein for babies, right? And so therefore, or I'm sorry, uh, you know, Mozart for babies, um, baby Einstein, yeah? So, yeah, right. Because supposedly this stuff makes you a better person, makes you smarter. So the library is going to make you a better person, make you smarter. Well, no. I mean, it, it, it is, again, it reflects community and, and, and hopefully the public interests. Um, like Carnegie gives all the money he did to these different towns to build these libraries because he, he, his view was that he wanted immigrants to pull themselves up by their bootstraps. Like, oh, if we have a smarter class of workers, we'll be a better society. And, and what they realized is what... It failed miserably because what they wanted, they wanted to relax. You're working six days a week. You're working 10, 11 hours in extremely hazardous, gnarly conditions. I'm not going to go read. Chaucer. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> we're, we're, you're going to read the newspaper. You go, it, mm -hmm. it becomes a community spot. And so it's it interesting how that, that kind of shifted from how he thought, oh, libraries need to be a place where you elevate yourself. Well, really, you know what? It's okay to like you know, cat videos. Cat, it's okay to like cat videos. It's okay to like, you know, you can watch those at the library. Yeah. The free well, internet. You can make them at the library. I mean, who, right. So I don't know if you can bring a cat in. No, maybe not a cat. Uh, uh, well, there's library cats. Yeah. Animated. But you know, that's that whole idea that, that libraries are going like, for example, at Marywood, at Marywood, we're building a learning commons. So they're, the name is transforming to this commons, like, you know, where everyone's together and can, you know, communicate and have conversation and, you know, 
have experiences of leisure as well as other kinds of conversations. So that's that how it's transforming. So the other thing that libraries do that I don't think we touched on is genealogy and local records. They don't do it in an academic, but in a local library, you know, oh. you can go back and look at local records. And Albright, sort of- Albright has an incredible amount of local genealogical stuff. That's it's- the one on Fine, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're, they're amazing. I'd be scared to figure out. <laughs> That's what we're going to go do first. You want to do that? That's what you it. should do. Oh, no. There uh, was one of their librarians. I don't remember who it was. Oh, she's like, she's tallish, has red hair. Um, she was on with a bunch of, she was on the new, local are you news. Are talking about Jon Snow's girlfriend? No idea. Um, <laughs> it's a Game of Thrones. Yeah, sorry. Uh, she had. She was working with a bunch of local hunters who wanted to digitize their hunting cookbooks and put them online so people could access them. Awesome. That's so she, great. She, it was, it was good. I mean, that's, that's what we do. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's a super cool project. And no, Mark, I don't think we can film in the library. I think we can. I'm not sure about that. I'll call them up. I've called libraries. I would love to find out this. who my ancestors are. Okay. I'm not going to be Ben Affleck and, you know, <laughs> edit. <laughs> Try to take who it my back. ancestors yeah. are, but. Right. We should do that. We'll talk about this later. <laughs> Anything else? Oh, you want to, should we move Anybody? to the last word then? Thank Why don't you. Want to move to the last word? You guys can participate. You can have an opinion. Okay. Sweet. What is <laughs> our we're last America. word? America. <laughs> America. Well, um, I guess. Just I, so you know, I made it a really far away without screwing up and saying curses. Yeah. Yeah, this was I'm definitely. I'm that mic for Rick. Definitely PG 13 for this sure. Was, I think this or was maybe the PG. Most civil. <laughs> of situations. Good, I guess. <laughs> Just end it in sort of a- I'm very proud of both of you. How's that? You tell me. You can hear yourself. I can't. I can't really hear myself in it. So. Oh, you sound all right. You sound okay. Yeah. All right. Good enough. All right. Uh, well, we're almost done, anyways. So. Actually, I don't think so. No. <laughs> <laughs> Give it to me. Okay. That's better. Yep. That sounds totally different, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely does. You okay. keep going. I'm going to change some cables. Okay. Uh, so we, we did... Uh, there's there's uh, two articles this week, uh, well, in the past couple of weeks that we've uh, had that were really, really popular. Um, you know, the the one I don't have, you know, too much to say. The other one I think is, is you know, uh, in- interesting to talk about. Uh, the one is, is uh, we did a uh, profile on uh, Thaz Whalen, who is now the uh, general manager of the Leonard Theater in Scranton. Uh, the Leonard is is the oldest theater in Scranton. It's been under several names over the years. It was last the Moonshine before uh, some some guy uh, from New York bought it and let it rot for a decade, unfortunately. And uh, you know it's finally been bought out and and they're redoing it and everything. And Thaz is a is the kind of guy who uh, you know everybody knows him in the area. He's very well loved. Um, and and as soon as we posted it, it just got, you know, liked and shared all over the place. People really went nuts for that story and everything was just so positive about, you know, what he's going to do. Fazapalooza. Yeah. Hey, by the way, I fixed it. I see that. That's Yay. great. My career as a sound guy is going to happen. <laughs> so, uh, so I, it was, it was just nice to see, you know, uh, uh post something, uh, on the internet and not have, uh, you know, just the, 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 
internet critics come out of the woodwork and just, ah, you know, uh, it's going to close anyway and blah, 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 and that sort of thing. It was just nothing but positive comments about everything that he said. And I think the key to it, too, is that, um, you know, we did we did a I did a profile on him and it was, you know, about him and also about the theater and what he wants to do with the theater. And, uh, you know, I usually try not to insert my opinion into things at all. I did just a tiny bit of editorializing in this case. Just do it. Just because uh, what I think is interesting about hiring him is that, you know, in most cases, and and this is what I thought would come out of this, is when I heard about the Leonard being taken over and, and redone and everything, usually they put somebody in there who's like, you know, uh, maybe has the experience of running a theater or something, but maybe might be out of touch with the way, you know, like maybe the younger kids or the way that things are now, or, you know, maybe he would have been good at running a theater 30 years ago, but now maybe, you know, demographics have changed. Uh, the youth has changed and what they're interested in. And, uh, you know, Thaz is, th- is only 36 and, you know, he's known for, you know, uh, he, he's, he's a bartender, but he's also been known for booking shows all over everything from like punk and hardcore shows to, uh, you know, like raves and things like that. And he's done it all and he's experienced it all. And, and I think that he's, he's just such a great choice and such a forward thinking thing that I really hope that they let him follow through with his ideas of what he wants to do. Uh, because I think what, what, uh, you know, he wants to have that kind of variety where, you know, sure, you're going to have some stuff for the older folks and everything but the young kids have no all ages venues to go they're all gone the vintage is gone uh the metro is gone they're you know all of the the great venues that you know i grew up in that all my friends grew up in that generations grew up in are all they've all disappeared they've all gone under and there's nowhere for these kids to just have a show and just enjoy themselves and stuff the focus isn't you know getting messed up and 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 that sort of thing it's just enjoying the music and having a good time and stuff and same thing with you know the the comedians need a place to go and have you know good comedy shows and you know the theater people need a, a good theater where they can you know hold a, a, a big theater event you know uh, you know, there's great places like the old brick, uh, which, you know, have, have done a magnificent job, but you know, there's only so much space in a place like that. You know, maybe those same people want to do a big production, you know, with, you know, big lights and big sets and things a co-production. like that. Yeah, exactly. So here's a space where they could do that. So you need somebody who's going to be open-minded to those ideas. And so I'm, I'm so happy that that worked out the way that it did. And so I hope that, you know, Thaz is able to follow through and he, and he, you know, he was really honest and I put this right up front in the story that, you know, it's already giving him nightmares of just how much pressure it is mm-hmm. because essentially the, 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 the whole scene in itself has been, you know, slowly being choked by the fact that there are, there are no all ages venues and things like that. Here's the big solution. So now it's like it falls on him because now he's the public face of this. So it's like he gets his dream like he always wanted to do something like this. And at the same time, it's like, you know, now you have all this pressure, all this responsibility because all these people have a different idea of what this theater should be and what it should represent. Now I know what Dr. Oz feels like. <laughs> It's just it's it's crazy. So I, I'm I I just wish him the best of luck, and I think it's great that we should try to have him on in the next two three weeks. I think so. I think he'd be a great guest, and he's actually going to be one of the judges at NEPA Scene's Got Talent uh, tonight. So I, I'm I'm really I'm really excited that he was willing to do it. Brought to you by Fireball, Great Lakes Brewing Company, Thirsty's Bar and Grill, Twenty Five Eight Studios, The Stewed, Elte Verastro, Elte Verastro, and the and and NEPA Scene dot com. Yes, yes. And maybe next season we can get the Summit Library and Marywood 
university on board <laughs> to promote uh, talent in oh, Northeast PA. Yeah. Well, we'd really love to get, you know, awesome. we, we, we talked about this at a meeting the other day is we'd love to get the universities more involved in what sure. we're doing because, you know, they're the future of the scene, you know, and Absolutely. a lot of these, these guys might not know that it's there. And obviously if they're all involved in cr- extracurricular activities, whether it's, you know, music or, you know, theater or whatever, they obviously have talent, you know, you in some it. form or another. So and it's basically an 18 and over venue. Sure. Till, till a certain period of time. Sure. It's a restaurant too. Right. Oh, so, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So can we put we up flyers at your place? I can see that. There you go. And yours? Be honored. Some yeah. of them get randy. Hmm. <laughs> but a lot of the, the comedians do because that's, you know, that's comedy. Sure. They do have one guy called Checkout Joe that does all puns. It's hysterical. Nice. It's fantastic. It's the best thing you've ever that's seen. impressive. I find all the comedians funny, but check out Joe for some place. It's like, do you want to come over? Like that kind of thing. <laughs> wow. We should have him on one day. Too. Oh my, could we? Yeah. I didn't even know it was possible. Oh, definitely. Lauren, could we have check he out would, Joe? He would love something like that. I Jimmy would definitely a, be on for that nice one guy. too. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. So the, the, the other, the other thing I wanted to talk about was um, we, we started a column uh, two weeks ago and it kind of just fell in my lap um, because, you know, obviously LGBT issues are, you know, bigger than, than ever. And is Q still on that? Hmm? LGBTQ? Is it still on it's it? Still, yeah. Okay. You know, I've seen a lot of uh, LGBT plus now because I, I think there's just so many different, you know, uh, you know, definitions and terms and things like that. It's just, it's probably easier to just, you know. Just say, all right, you know, at all, you know, <laughs> and um, uh, a, f- a friend of mine, uh, uh, John Daw, who actually helped get me started in this whole, you know, open mic thing and the stuff that we've been doing and everything. He uh, was taught. He, he, he posted on Facebook uh, one day, which shows you that good things can come out of complaining on Facebook for once. <laughs> uh, he, he, he was complaining about the fact that uh, a formerly great newspaper uh, had uh, has obviously fallen on hard times and and produced a awful editorial about did he um, go there caitlin, too caitlin jenner what oh are we talking about the same thing that we usually talk about no oh okay no uh it, it's a a, a a newspaper owned by that same company unfortunately copy that <laughs> and uh the well it's, it's the times leader the times leader posted an awful editorial and they should be called out for it as often as possible um, that, that, you know, in, 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 in his words, uh, never would have flown years ago because, you know, the editorial boards were much more open-minded and it was basically more or less like, I don't care what you think. I'm going to still call you a man was really the point of the entire article. And it was, uh, it was just the, the way that it was formulated. It was, was very ignorant and, and no matter what your opinion is, no matter how you feel about these issues, uh, it was just not a well-backed up, well-written article and never should have left the editorial board because obviously you should have real arguments and, you know, uh, pr- produce a real editorial in, in, in what was well, formerly, well, what was the a, crux a, of it that I just said, that's, that's, that's what it was is I'm going to, I'm going to still call you a man, even though you think you're a woman is that was the crux. Yeah, but why is well, who gives a shit? <laughs> I mean, really, who gives a shit? You're still PG thirteen. You're still yeah. PG thirteen. You're still going well. That's right. So, do you, do you want? Do you want? PG-13? Do you want my? Do you want my take on it? No, no. I'm serious. Do you want yeah. my take on it? Sure. How many different names have we have for Snoop and Puffy, and nobody complained? <laughs> that's true, right? You know what I mean? Who cares? Well, you know, and, and that's changing their identity. And I have a way. problem with that Spokane, Washington girl, but 
everything else I don't. I actually just read an interesting article in Time magazine written by Kareem Abdul-Jabbar regarding the Rachel Dozer situation. And it compared it to the uh, Caitlyn Jenner situation in an interesting way because I didn't think you could link. Wasn't, is, isn't it racial identity? She's calling it racial identity or right. Racial identity. Gender identity is a clinically recognized situation in a human's brain where they were born a certain gender, but their body was not that gender. This is something that is physically there. Gender, uh, racial identity is now this new thing that we are going to start Mm -hmm. talking about. We better not. But Kareem Abdul-Jabbar had an interesting take on... Does it even does this even really matter? Because race is physically, scientifically not a thing. It does not exist. There's no such thing as different races. People are people. The human race is one race. We're all genetically basically the same. We just we're exposed to different stimuli, different uh, d- different weather patterns. We have different kinds of exposure to melatonin over a couple generations. Some of us ate different things, so therefore we have resistances to different types of bacteria. But essentially, we're all genetically the same. So to identify culturally is just kind of bringing it to a different level of an issue t- where I- we... Where we're causing, making Can I be it a the guy causing shit? Problematic. She tried to hide who she was and got caught. Right. And now she's trying to use this as the excuse right. to say that she has a, her mental problem is that she's a liar. The fact that she was holding a position of power in. Yeah, but knowing full well, she's the only person in my life that I've ever heard use this as an argument. I think she got caught and I think to save face and not have to eat crow. That's what she's saying. She may honestly. She, this is her family. She she had siblings who were who were. Yeah, but when mom and dad call you out, it's kind of like she's had, and they said she's had problems her whole life. You know, with with trying to be different people, and if she wants to identify as anything, I mean, that's where it gets scary because then you you know I can identify as a lawn chair. You can't just change it. You can't you know change I mean? who you are, but there is this other argument of cultural appropriation versus cultural appreciation. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. This has been this has been an issue for a long time, yeah. where somebody might appropriate a culture, and and I, there's been some really horrible terms themed during the 1990s. I don't necessarily want to say it, but it begins with a W. I think you can uh, get it from there. Um, you think about that, uh, it, it, but to culturally appropriate and pretend you are of a different—it's—it's it's not even oh. race. It's—it's—it's it's, it's culture. It—it it is. Uh, anthrop- What's the word I'm looking for? Anthropod. <laughs> There's a word. It's not ethnicity. It's just the way that a community acts, talks, uh, is that you appropriate. You don't appreciate it. You pretend to take on its characteristics for some sort of gain. But isn't there something wrong not to necess- do that? Not necessarily, because when you think about it, uh, I mean, I understand. Like, I didn't, I didn't like cake until I found out what the, cake was. The predominant culture usually expects minorities to fit whatever, whatever their stereotypical behaviors. Dude, you can culture, chime in, man. Don't their, feel free. Their their well, manner of speaking, the accents. They expect. Okay, I'll just say white culture expects you to act white if you're in a white community if you're any other uh minority quote unquote you're expected to eventually join the country club and wear the trousers and wear the hat and speak perfectly eloquent english i have a question for you 
Because that's the, sorry, can we? You know, dude, awesome. you go. You're so the guest. So I have tons of respect for Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Just he's laid on some other issues, Islam and such, and that tremendous respect for him. Um, it seems difficult for this lady to say identify as African American as black, going for, where we have the majority moving from a majority race to to a minority race. The minority majority race is not going to accept. Unfortunately, last week events demonstrate this that the minor, the majority of race is not going to accept the minority saying, "Oh yeah, well we identify as this, mm. like, accept it, right?" And to a certain extent, that's you have that similar situation. Sort of, it plays out in much different ways. And so, I don't know if that goes. I don't know if it goes both ways. Yeah, but racially, didn't they not accept her either? No, they. They I mean she was she was leading the NAACP. Yeah, but they didn't. under but under a lie. But they did it. I mean, but now and that just to say now one of the things that was interesting is that my wife and I were talking about this. And she says, "Well, I, I made the comment like, well, would the NAACP actually have white individuals in leadership? And apparently they did. They, do. they have. Absolutely. It's not a big deal. And so her being it her pretending seem, it to just be seems really strange. Uh, it was it had nothing who, to do with. She did not have to do that to be in the position she was correct. in. Correct. She just did. There was a there was a journalist back in the seventies who wrote a book called Black Like Me. He went in. Had his skin changed, went and lived as a black man in the South as a way to sort of document that process, right? Then he comes back out, writes this really incredibly moving book, and then kind of tells about the aftermath, people burning crosses on his lawn, kind of coming after him because he did these things, right? So there's a, there's there's kind of this weird, and other people have written about other instances of this Um so that I think he did is, is an example of cultural appreciation, right? What is people going through? And I can't necessarily understand or appreciate that until I literally walk in their shoes, right? To kind of have a sense of, right. of but that idea, or you're saying of appropriation, right? Where appreciation gets taken to that nth degree. And maybe it wouldn't, would we have cared if she did this and didn't, wasn't a member of the double, like wasn't, wasn't, wasn't a prominent community leader. Maybe she just, you know what? Maybe what she, she was like the checkout girl at Target. Saying, oh, yeah, it, right. would, we, would we care? And probably, Absolutely and so not. comes back to, it comes back to a, a sort of power dynamic of what did she do with that? Because our, I think as a, as a culture, American culture, we have a lot of cultural appreciation for African-American black culture, but we don't like the people often. That's we, we don't, we don't want the individuals. We just want the icons. Um, right. And, and, and so I wonder you, cause you can dig, you know, you dig the culture, right. But you don't, don't understand it either because you weren't there. You didn't right. experience it. It comes. It's like you a didn't. weird form of slumming, and so right. Right. Uh, to use that very sorry archaic term, I don't know if that's the right one. Uh, but that, no, that it's just, like it's like that yeah, activity like how, where rich people pretend to be homeless for a night, and they yeah. if that does that really exist? Did I make that up? Well, no, whatever, <laughs> no, that that's that's in Mel Brooks movies. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> I just I I don't you know and you know not to prolong this woman's time is I, I just think, I just think she tried, I think something was wrong mentally, right? Especially in her, in her youth growing up and, you know, identity, whatever, whatever it is. I think she just, you know, she, she lied. She didn't decide she was this until she was much older though. But when? 
I mean, that's the, but that's the thing. That's the, this is just a weird. It's a weird. weird situ- it is weird. I, and and, and I mean, also, at the same time, I think it's I think it's like the weird. It's weird. Single thing. I don't think it's one of those like you know this is happening everywhere. This is this is my signal that we're going to pull it back to what we were originally talking about. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. So that we can. Uh, oh, I thought that was going down the drain. No, no, that was. I don't. I don't. I, I don't. I don't know. I'm not. I don't uh, play football, so I don't know uh, what the the signals are. That was going down the drain. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, fair enough. But what I was getting at is <laughs> that, <Sorry. laughs> which, by the way, our columnist did write about that exact subject this week. Oh, okay. Uh, this this past week. Uh, I'm sorry, and, I did. And she actually read. made the exact same argument uh, that you were uh, talking about about how race really doesn't exist. Oh. And that sort of thing. That's actually how the the column begins. Awesome. Um, so the, this whole thing comes out of this bad editorial and and uh, this uh, uh, local transgender woman, uh, D. Culp, uh, had commented and said, you know, uh, I wish there was a voice for this kind of, you know, like for the other side, you know, there, there really isn't in local media. And so John had suggested, you know, well, why don't you go to any PA scene? You know, they're an alternative voice and stuff and pitch him a column and see if you could, you know, get something like that off the ground. So I had actually known uh, D uh, when uh, he was a man uh, years ago, and um, he was a columnist for uh, an old paper that I worked for. And I uh, used to write about video games and stuff, and he was very good. And uh, and I, I liked his stuff. So he uh, had made the transition since then. Hmm. And, you know, I'd seen him around, but I didn't really, you know, uh, you know, I haven't talked to him in a long time. And so he, he just, you know, pitched me the idea of, of uh, doing a column from the LGBT perspective of the local community. You know, like, what are the issues that people are talking about here? And, you know, what struggles do they go through and things like that? Things that he's been through, uh, you know, now she. And um, I, I love the idea. I thought it was was great. You know, something something new, something fresh, and something that nobody else has. You know, I mean, uh, usually the the local media approach is, uh, you know, uh, old straight white male interviewing someone from a uh, you know from a different perspective and trying their best to, uh, you know, capture what their their uh, you know what their struggle is or what they're going through. And ninety nine percent of the time, it's drawn it's it's drawn from whatever the new story of the week is. So if Caitlyn Jenner is the story of the week, well then we got to find a transgender woman real quick. Some somebody's local is transgender, so we can. Make Make this a local issue for that day, and then we forget all about it, and that person is never talked about again uh, until the next one comes up, and so on and so forth. And my buddy John, uh, that I was originally talking about, ended up falling into that role for for many years as a leader in the local LGBT community. People just call him up for that quote, you know? Okay, somebody said something bad about gays. Here you go. Get, say something back at him so that we can publish it and move on. You know, like there was, there wasn't any real conversation about what was actually going on, you know? So, uh, so I thought this is a great idea. Um, so, and he's like, uh, I'll have it to you by Friday. And I'm like, okay. So it just kind of fell into my lap. And, and, uh, so he did kind of an introduction piece and right away we got such a great response to it. And that's what really made me proud. Uh, that's why I wanted to kind of end everything on a high note today is it's great that like, you know, a community that stereotypes so often for being closed-minded and old and outdated and, you know, they don't know anything about anything and we're so far behind the times and stuff. Everything that we got 
on the internet, no less, was nothing but positive. It was actually like people who were like, this is great. This is well needed. We love it. You know, whatever. And, uh, you know, one woman in particular, um, she uh, she said um, th- this this was a comment left on the first article. She said, you go, sister. I'm so I'm so glad uh, so much has changed there. I tried to start my transition in Scranton in the summer of 94 and things went horribly as soon as I got to the therapist's office. And she expanded upon this, uh, you know, on our, our Facebook page. And, you know, I won't you know go through every every comment or anything like that just because it would just take take a while. But uh, it really just started this dialogue back and forth with some of the other people there and and with D as well. Uh, just talking about their you know transition. And here's two people that you know lived in the same community just at different times who were going through the same thing or went through the same thing that never would have met otherwise. And that's really just that that's the power of this kind of stuff. I think that was really great that it ended up being that way. And then you know uh, same thing with this week. You know with the debate between. Uh, you know, these two people who, you know, uh, people are comparing for some reason on social media and saying, well, if she's living a lie, then, you know, why can't why can't she live a lie and so on and so forth. And it's uh, it, it was it wasn't a fair comparison. So it was nice to have a local person with that perspective who has lived it, who can talk about it in a real meaningful way. And it's not just, you know, somebody like me who, you know, I consider myself an ally of, you know, that community, but, you know, I haven't lived it. I haven't walked in those shoes. So, you know, my words can only go so far in that sense. You know, it's not that they're meaningless, but just, you know, I don't have that same experience that they do. So it was really nice to actually see, you know, uh, see that happen. And again, we got nothing but, you know, positive, uh, you know, comments from that, from that article as well. Good. That's awesome. Yeah. So, you know, go NEPA for once, right? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for distracting. Oh no, it's okay. No, I just wanted to, uh, you know, pull it back we so we made excited. sure that we, we, uh, you know, got back to the original, you know, topic at hand. And uh, you know, it's tough to because you know you get so passionate about when you talk about these types of issues because you know these are these are new things. It's it's sad because. Um, you know, these, like I said before, these things are kind of the story of the week right now. Everybody's kind of talking about it, but in a couple months, are we really going to be debating this? Are we going to be talking about this in the general public? Probably not. They're going to move on to whatever the next big thing is. Uh, you know, elections are coming up now, you know, people are talking about the presidential election. It's going to be awful (laughs) on both sides. Well, I mean, you have the elections do play out this weird cultural appropriation as you try to pull out your different voter groups and what you kind of watch, how those things kind of play out as they, oh yeah, I do this, I do this, or yep. who you mm-hmm. appeal to. Those things are still probably in play, just they show up in different ways. Sure. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I think this will be cool because it's, it's uh, you know, it'll be every week, every Friday. And uh, it's from the perspective of, you know, a, a transgender woman who, who lives this every day. You know, this is her life. This isn't just the, the thing to talk about this week. And then, you know, we forget all about it. Yay. <laughs> so uh, thank you guys so much for coming for to talk us. to us. Indeed. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, this is great. Thank you. I have your kids watching Netflix. So I went and checked on them. Everything's all right. No fires yet. Very good. They're, they're very well behaved. That's what people tell me. <laughs> <laughs> what do you get? Like, I don't even want to know. You're You're a good mom. Well, thank you. You're welcome. And you have a library robot? 
Um, at Marywood, yeah. we have the bot. Yes. Okay. Somebody just texted me and told me to ask you. Oh yes. We so the bot. Um, it is this big crane that goes down uh, the middle no of the way. new is learning this in the library. In the library, and I saw all, pictures of this. Yes, they're all all the. It books looks like IMF. Are in um, sort of shelves, and it goes down. <laughs> kind of like the Amazon warehouse and goes down really quick, grabs the shelf and brings that whole box up to the front and then we pull the book out. So it's- Can we come up and film that? Absolutely. We would oh love it. Oh my God, we got to go. I will tell you, uh, we have uh, the our Learning Commons blog. We're just about to finish a f- little clip of it, a little film, so I can send it along to you guys. So No, we want to we we come sure. and see reactions. Yeah, yeah. We want to film his reaction. It's basically going to be me being like, oh my God, so amazing. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be Jar Jar Banks? Yeah. Misa like <laughs> no I'm not gonna do that ever again um, thank you guys so much for your time and uh, if I busted your balls I'm I'm sorry nah, it's all good man it's awesome you're from my neck of the woods man I, I grew up up there so oh nice I, yeah. gotta, I gotta give hell but and your kids are very well behaved thank you once again they can come here whenever they want you can have them whenever you want <laughs> <laughs> alright that's it thanks guys thank you 